0: Hello and welcome to another episode of Box Office Bingers. I'm your host Matt Diaz, along with my co-host Ernesto Santos. How are you doing today?
1: What's going on, Matt. I'm just happy to be getting back from recovery. We got a great show for everybody this week. We're going to be giving a spoiler review of Eurovision and 7500 Eurovision. That's the new Will Ferrell flick. Netflix and 7500 is a new Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie on Amazon Prime. But I'm uh, Matt. I think I think you got some news for us.
0: I do. Yes, I do have news. Before I get to the news, I just want to mention like it's been a while, Ernesto, since we've done one of these. Uh, we don't have a guest on this week. And and, yeah. Hey, there's
1: nobody else here. There's
0: nobody <laughs> else. Just you and me. <laughs> yeah. And and it's been a while. And uh, the lot we had to look this up right before we started recording. Um, the last time we did an episode by ourselves, we reviewed the the infamous coffee and kareem one of our favorites what, uh, the, a, great what a great movie that we've <laughs> yeah. recorded uh I think if we get an oscar i, I, I you know what it's, it's probably one of the best performances i've seen all year for sure <laughs> definitely if you want to hear our review on that you can go to episode 23 i believe and hear all about our, our rave reviews on the film uh but yeah so uh it'll be nice just just you just you and me just have a nice little chat talking about yeah. movies it's been a while. Um, but yeah, so yeah, so like Ernesto said, we got, uh, like Ernesto said, we have a little bit of news to talk about uh, for this week. So no surprise. So there's been a small, there's been spikes in coronavirus cases throughout the last couple of weeks. So when it pertains to the movie world, it, it's inevitable that movies are going to start being pushed back. It's not, it's not surprise. So Tenet had a release date. I mean, it was supposed, so tennis, the first one to push its release date back. It was supposed to be originally on the 17th of July. Then they pushed it back to the 31st. And now they pushed it back to August 12th. Thankfully in my, in my head, Ernesto, I'm just happy that it's only like two weeks. Like I, I'm just waiting for the day to be like 2021. I'm like, no, 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 don't do that. (laughs) You know,
1: for me, it, I feel like the theaters are talking to me a little bit because, you know, I'm just recovering from surgery. Yeah. I got the baby coming. Ba- the baby's coming soon. So like, you know, they just like, hey, give you a few weeks so you can heal. So then wait until right, you're okay. ready. To come back and ready. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no, I mean, obviously, obviously it's, t- it's horrible that the the cases are surging, but oh, no. at least at least they're doing they're doing it right by recognizing that it's not a safe time to be opening. Like, right. We exactly. can wait a few weeks that so we can wait a few weeks and everybody will be all right. Right, so right. as long, I'm just glad that they're being res- they're, that they're being responsible about it. But okay. either way, I'm excited to see Tenet and Mulan.
0: Yeah, no, uh, Tenet, it's it's it will be well worth the wait whenever we get it. Whenever we get in the theater, it will be worth the wait. Uh, and you mentioned Mulan. Mulan was also supposed to come out and toward the end of July, I believe the 24th of July, and they just pushed it back to August 21st. So with the movies being pushed back it's inevitably it's inevitable that the theaters will also be delaying their reopening as well. So uh, Regal, I'm sorry, AMC uh, came out and said that they're not opening until July 30th. They were going to open up July 15th. And Regal said they're not reopening until July 31st. They were originally going to reopen on July 10th. So all of these pushbacks are just, excuse me, a security measure of making sure everyone's safe. Making sure it's the right time so people can enjoy these movies and not have to feel pressure to go see a new movie if they really want to and in and, and fear of what's going on outside. So
1: it all it's also it also makes smart that they open before like the first movie new release is gonna come out. Give right. them a couple days, get training in, you know, make sure they got the the procedures down make sure they can make sure everybody's doing social distancing and all that yeah. stuff so you know maybe they'll open with some new th- old films or classic films i really you know i really like the idea of them of certain theaters i remember we were talking i think it was last week or the week yeah before, last week yeah
0: um
1: about some of them releasing classic films like, yeah i think that's great because so many people can just come back like oh that's my favorite movie you know like, I, f- I want to find a way to get out of the house. That's that's a perfect reason to go see one of my favorite movies that I ne- haven't seen in forever back in the theaters.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty sure that when they do reopen, they're going to be opening with, like, older stuff, like you were saying. Yeah. I believe what I've been reading, like I saw, like, some Star Wars movies are going to be on there. A couple of the big Marvel movies are going to be opening up. Uh, You have, like, a couple of the Universal classics. You have, like, E.T., Jurassic Park, Back to the Future. All those movies are, like, kind of reopening. And kind of just, like, tent-pulled movies that, like, kind of defined movie history. They're kind of just bringing it back in the theater for a short amount of time. I know like uh, our local theater here at the Enzian, they've been doing like mar- weekly marathons, which is kind of cool. They started off with like a Hitchcock marathon. So like every day you can go see a Hitchcock film. And then they did a, I think they did a universal classic monsters. I don't quote me on that. I could be wrong, but I know this week they're doing a Ferris, um, uh, a John Hughes marathon. Who's responsible for Ferris Bueller's day days off, uh, uh 16 candles, uh, breakfast club all those movies so i think it's kind of cool that they're doing like weekly marathons yeah. to get people in and so like if you do have like a appreciation for those movies you can maybe spend a week in the theater or maybe catch one of your favorite ones there um so yeah but like like we said before either way we are excited whenever they decide to reopen and I'm not say I'm going to be the first person there, but I'm definitely going to be the first person for Tenet. That's
1: Yeah. <laughs> that's I got it. I got my mask. I got my I got my hand sanitizer.
0: <laughs> yeah. We're we're all ready to go. I'll I'll go yeah, in there exactly. with a hazmat suit if I need to. <laughs> 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 to see this movie. <laughs> go on the, I'm looking like the people from Monsters Inc. Just go head down. Yeah. the <laughs> <through. laughs> <laughs> Um but yeah. Uh so moving on from that uh, Margaret Robbie is in the news this week. She, it, it appears to be that she will be headlining an all female Pirates of the Caribbean movie. And I find that like, it's kind of, it, it's interesting to say the least. And then the writer from, of Birds of Prey has been attached to write this new, uh, female Pirates movie. So if, if you go back a couple of, a couple of months, we reviewed Birds of Prey and we had like, okay reviews about it it wasn't great it was it was a
1: fun film right i guess but i guess that's maybe what you would need for a pirates film because you know it's like that i would almost call them like family advent like family fun adventure films like you know it's in that it's kind of in that middle demographic so Uh, i mean it'd be I think it'd be interesting to see. I I mean, I'm I'm not terribly excited to see it because I didn't really care yeah. for the last uh, Pirates movies. So, but maybe they take it in another direction and maybe it gives it what it needs. I don't know.
0: Well, you see, I, I'm actually a pretty big fan of the Pirates movies. I, I well, first of all, I love the first three. The, the first yeah. three should stand alone. They're great. That's what, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Four, I, it's like very forgettable. I don't remember four at all. And then five, I really, I, I thought it was better than four. But like if you ask me what happened in 5, I couldn't tell you right now. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but <I> can, <laughs> but I can tell you what happened in 1, 2, and 3. Obviously, they're better yeah. movies. For sure. Uh so I can definitely see Disney wanted to go a different direction with the Pirates franchise. There are fans out there who are quote-unquote demanding that Johnny Depp either is in the film or makes an appearance in the film. And like I I'm a, like a little on the fence about it. I don't think Johnny Depp is the problem with the Pirates movies. I think they just need a different direction. Uh, and maybe with the new Birds of Prey Rider, she could give the movie in a different direction. And I'm not opposed to him making an appearance or maybe coming in in the third act or something along those lines.
1: No. Oh, no, really? You need to keep him – just keep him out of it. Like let. how about they reference him and they talk about him. But okay. you don't have to – you don't need to knowingly plug him into every single film. Like have him be a legend, the legend of Jack Sparrow. Why he's such a legend? Like every nobody's talking about him because he's everywhere. Like he's, yeah. in, he's in every movie. <laughs> uh,
0: what What if they they made this movie right, and then if they were if it was so successful and they gave a sequel, he returns for the sequel. How would you feel about that? I
1: just don't think it's necessary. Let's okay. explore new characters johnny depp can go do other things i get it he's a great jack sparrow i yeah. mean he's good he's very good. he did very well he gave a lot obviously you could tell he gave a lot to that role but yes he leave, leave space for other characters look at i mean look at the marvel movies not every you watch black panther do you see captain america running around throwing a shield do you, you see iron man flying through the sky no like let them be just echoes in the universe like we can know about them, but we don't have to see them every second on the film like we, we don't we don't need to see. But like look at Orlando Bloom's character, like he's yeah. when well, he makes an appearance, he was gone for a while. There's like a couple of movies that he's not even in. And then yeah. he, when he when he eventually makes an appearance, it's more noteworthy, like right. space them out a little bit. Let his character breathe.
0: Okay, fair to you. No, I like that. I like I'll see. I think you might have come up with a title. The Legend of Jack Sparrow. Maybe maybe they're searching for him and they never find him. Who knows? I hope not. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, "Please don't make the movie about him." I
1: see Jack Sparrow. I'm going to tell you right now, Matt, we're not reviewing it. I don't well, I won't say that cuz we might. But <laughs> Very funny. like I'm, I'm not going to be happy about it. <laughs> <I guess laughs> if it had anything to do with Jack Sparrow.
0: <laughs> I'm going to walk out of that theater. <laughs>
1: I mean, I probably won't walk out of the theater, but I'm not going to enjoy myself. I'm going to sit and just be throw a little pity party about I, how bad it is.
0: <laughs> I'm going to angrily eat my popcorn in the theater. <laughs> (laughs) so
1: bad
0: (laughs) yeah that's son of a bitch johnny Depp. you couldn't just give one movie to margot robbie god damn it (laughs) um but it's also unclear whether jerry bruckheimer is coming back to produce the film which he has produced every other pirates movie so if they're ditching jerry bruckheimer altogether, then we're going to be definitely seeing a whole different type of pirates movie so this could be the rebrand and refresh they need so uh we'll see what happens there no no uh we don't know anything about who's directing the movie, who's uh, when this movie's coming out. All we know is that it's Margot Robbie, *Birds of Prey* Rider, Disney, done. That's all you got. Um, unless,
1: they're gonna, unless they're gonna make her like a, it's gonna be Harley Quinn, but like as a pirate.
0: But as a pirate, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you imagine if Harley Quinn is actually in that movie? He's like, oh no, no, this is this is a sequel <laughs> to She, the Birds she of
1: carries them. a little Joker necklace. It's like a yeah. callback to the DC yeah. movie. <laughs> We, we can move on. I just wanted to I just wanted to say that.
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and uh, lastly, uh, Colin Kaepernick and Ava DuVernay are they just announced that they're working together or I guess they have worked together to launch a new Netflix series about his his early life in high school. I believe that's. What what the what they're doing and it's going to focus on the racial conflicts he he faced uh, as an adopted black man in a white community. I think that's a very interesting story and very relevant to right now. It's unknown when this movie is going to be or this series is going to be released. But we know that it's coming soon.
1: Now, I am extremely excited for this. Avery okay. DuVernay is she like she is she's she's working her way, if not already, into my top 10 favorite creators right you need to and i know you haven't seen it yet but you need to watch when they see us right her netflix her netflix series that she already currently has out and Mm -hmm. that'll give you and that that when you watch that you're gonna you'll be just as excited as i am to see to see this i'm so curious about this story because i feel like this is going to explain why what he did during the nfl why he did what he did
0: right and now now and and especially like right now, back then he was being like ridiculed for doing that and almost basically costing his career. Today he's being re- uh, recognized and now like he's like, hey, I think we were wrong for doing what we did. We need to reevaluate and like say maybe there was a good reason why you were kneeling. And, yeah. uh, and I, and now I think people recognizing that and this show was already in the works, but now I feel like this show is going to be, be looked at in a different light. With everything that's going on instead of like, oh, here's how here's Colin Colin Kaepernick's story. Now we're going to see maybe some meaning behind the things that he's doing.
1: All I'm going to say is that you need to watch you need to watch when they see us. And you will yeah. you will very quickly understand that this is going to that when this comes out, that this is going to be something to watch when, right. it, when it drops.
0: And, you know, I, I guess I got to take our own advice because we did uh, we put that movie we we, we showcased this movie and one of the S- posts series, we did on our Instagram yeah. page, yeah, we've been, uh, uh, if you go to our Instagram page at box office underscore binges, we have an ongoing series of recognizing black cinema where we showcase, uh, you know, certain black movies that, and, you know, made by black creators and directors. And one of them that we that we showcase is uh, when 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 they see us.
1: Yeah, when they yeah, see when
0: us, when they see us, uh, among other films right now, we've uh, we've got right now, we've done three volumes of this and a fourth one is on the way. So, uh, yeah, I guess I, I just got to take my own advice – or our, our own advice and watch that movie that we recommended other people to watch. Um, definitely. I, I, I definitely heard it was – from you and among other people that this was like a very powerful uh, miniseries.
1: You don't understand, dude. <laughs> like, <laughs> like there's one – and I, I really don't want to give anything away. Yeah. And Maybe we – maybe when you watch it, we can do – like I'll rewatch it with you and we can do some kind of coverage on it or something. OK. But um, – there's one episode in particular that literally like you feel I don't know what like sh- she just did so much to pull you into that moment of that whole the whole episode like you're right. a boohoo crying the whole episode.
0: Wow. Uh wow. Well, oh yeah. I mean, we definitely yeah. soon. We'll we'll do it soon then. We'll, we'll I'll yeah. definitely get on it and and watch it. Um, yes, Matt. <laughs> yes, <it> will. <laughs> Uh, all right, well, that's all the news we have for you guys this week, but now it is, uh, you know, we are approaching the end of the month, 4th of July, and we are going to give you another round of new to streaming for this month of July. And so we're going to start off with Disney+. Plus. So Disney Plus is, Disney Plus launched what, uh, just a couple days ago, actually, so this is new information to me, but they launched what is called their Summer Movie Nights, uh, so every week they're releasing new content onto their streaming service so uh, so this summer Disney plus is gonna be uh, so I'm sorry starting July 3rd so this is part of it you can see Lynn Manuel Miranda's new music not new musical but maybe new to us new to the streaming service uh, the one that everyone's gonna be watching this uh, Independence Day weekend Hamilton is being released on July 3rd I know Ernesto and I are extremely excited about watching this it's going to be amazing
1: i'm you don't even know (laughs) i've listened i've listened to that album so many times on repeat like it just like it just like pulls you into a trance i already know that this is going to be one of those things that once people watch it it's going to be one of the things that just plays in the background especially on july fourth weekend
0: Oh yeah. I, so like, I've only listened to a few songs. I'm, I'm the one who don't, I really don't like to listen to the music before, uh, before I see the musical. And so I've heard, I mean, you can not, not hear a Hamilton song. It happens, but like, I'm not actively going out and like listening to the CD. So I'm excited to kind of go into like a fresh, yeah, you are. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, So I'm kind of excited to go into like with a fresh take on what the story is about. And as, as among probably everyone else who has Disney Plus or really want to see Hamilton, this is like a really big a big moment for them to finally get to see it and with the original cast nonetheless and let me tell you,
1: I've seen in the Heights his other Broadway show, and it's that was incredible in itself and like literally I get you get the same feel for both shows well wow. I'm just and I, obviously I was just I was never fortunate enough to go see it um see it in New York maybe. Right. Someday, maybe someday I will if it's still playing. But at least I have it on Disney. At least now I'm gonna have it on Disney Plus. Disney Plus, yeah.
0: (laughs) Well, I'll tell you what, it's probably gonna be around for a long time. Like *Once the Lion King*. Exactly. (laughs) It's gonna be there for years. So I don't think I don't think Hamilton's going anywhere. So whenever you get a chance to see it live, I guess you have the opportunity to do so um but yeah so that you can catch that on july 3rd which i'm sure you guys already knew that (laughs) uh yeah Uh, on july 10th you can see solo star wars story as well as x-men days of future past on july 17th is x-men apocalypse on july 24th we were just talking about this pirates of the caribbean dead man tell no tales and on july 31st uh you can see incredibles 2 so if all those movies say, wait a minute, I can watch that right now. You can, because all those movies are available on Netflix right now. And what Disney Plus is doing is like, hey, we're going to launch this new this thing where it's like summer movie nights. We're going to have all these great movies coming in week after week. And basically, as soon as their contract ends with Netflix, they're just immediately putting it on Disney Plus. They're like, hey, thanks, Netflix, for holding on to us. But now look at us over here, at Disney Plus. We have all these movies now. So that's essentially what's going well, they, on. They,
1: um, they do that. They do that at the hotels, at the Disney hotels. Like they'll have like a, a movie night where they'll just like an open area. They'll put a screen up and guests. They'll have like a nice seating area for the guests and they'll come and they'll sit down and play different Disney movies.
0: So I oh, love okay. it. And
1: You know, and didn't they do that on Disney Channel? Like they'll have like summer movie nights or something like that. Yeah,
0: it was like either they were promoting one of their new Disney Channel original movies or they were like, hey, basically this movie's being allowed to play on TV and we're going to show it to you. Uh, So in this case, Disney Plus is like they're getting all their, their toys back that they've lent out to other streaming services. So Disney Plus is slowly expanding to be like the powerhouse of everything Star Wars, Marvel, Disney, Pixar, um, and now Nat Fox geographic, <laughs> <It's>, Yeah, <National laughs> geographic, uh, and pretty much every, every Fox family friendly thing. And if it doesn't fit for Fox, they're just going to, if it doesn't fit for Disney plus they have Hulu cause they own that too. And they're just going to pop it over there. So yeah, Disney's doing fine with the streaming services. <clears throat> um, and also on, uh, you can also catch a couple of new shows as well coming to Disney plus on July 31st, uh, the Muppets return for a new series called Muppets now. And Beyonce makes her grand appearance, a grand entrance to the streaming service with Black is King is a visual album from Beyonce, from from Beyonce inspired by the Lion King. So I think it's like a long music video of sorts. Hmm. And and that could be split into parts. I don't know exactly. This is very new. Like, it's kind of weird to see, like. Something that's not a TV show, a short, or a movie going on to a streaming service, or I guess a, a comedy special as well. Uh, but like Hamilton is very, I'll not say rare, but like Hamilton something unique where you get to see a live stage performance that was recorded. That's going to be on Disney Plus. And now Disney's also, like like I just said, their Beyonce filmed, like, I guess her entire album, but um some sort of visual medium, and that's going to be available on Disney Plus, and it's inspired by The Lion King. So, And Disney's doing some interesting things that's making it more appealing to if you don't have the streaming service to now own it. Uh, So, yeah, so that's everything coming to Disney Plus to Hulu. You can look forward to an original movie called Palm Springs that that stars uh, Andy Samberg, uh, Andy Samberg, uh, Kristen Mulatto, Mulatto, Kristen Malati. I could be saying that wrong. I apologize. And uh, J.K. Simmons. And so Palm Springs, uh, the, the, what the bio reads is when a when the carefree Niles and the reluctant maid of honor, Sarah, have a chance to encounter have a chance encounter at a prom uh, Palm Springs wedding. Things get a little complicated as they were unable to escape the venue themselves or each other. So it's uh, basically a romantic comedy is what uh, was being pitched as, and Andy Samberg is in it. And if you guys like Brooklyn Nine-Nine, like myself, I'm probably going to look forward to watching that one. Uh, And then, so you can see that movie on July 10th, and then you can also catch a couple movies that are coming out, that came out early this year that's going to be coming to to Hulu. Um, So on July 30th, you can see The Assistant, which stars uh, Julia Gardner, and if that name sounds familiar, she plays... Ruth Langmore on Ozark. So, uh, so she's going to be starring in that movie and the, the Bauer reads it gives, uh, gives a searing look into the day in the life of an assistant to a powerful executive. As Jane follows her daily routine, she grows increasingly aware of the, uh, of the abuse that, that threatens the kind of the, the insidious abuse that threatens every aspect of her position. So she's seen some fishy stuff going on with her boss as she's an assistant. The, the movie looks actually pretty good, um, so if you're interested in that, you can catch that on July 20th, and then, uh, you can also catch, uh, the movie called The Last Full Measure, which it's actually, it's in my watch you're watching, so I'll talk about that a little bit later, because I just recently saw this movie, so I'm like, well, mm-hmm. if I would've known this movie movie's coming to Hulu, I might have waited a little bit, but, um, but I did see that movie, I'll talk about it a little later, but if you want to see that, that comes out on July 21st. All right, moving on to Amazon Prime Video on July 3rd, Hannah returns for its second season. Along with the third season of Absentee on July 17th. Um, Ernesto, have you seen the show, Hannah? No, I've never seen it. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, apparently it's a, it's a show about a young girl who's, I guess, held captive or maybe like sheltered. And then she has these abilities. And I could be completely wrong with the whole description, but, uh, it, it's definitely gained some sort of popularity on, on Amazon. So I guess it, it warrants a second season. And then Absentee, which a show I've never heard of and is already sitting on a third season. And you figure if it's on a third season, you at least hear about a show on, on, on any streaming service. Um, but Absentee comes out on July 17th. And if you haven't heard the show, the buyer reads, after being declared dead on absentee, an FBI agent must reclaim her family identity and innocence when she finds herself the prime suspect in a string of murders. And so that sounds pretty interesting for a show I've never yeah. heard of before. That's already on this third season. Uh, so if, if you are a fan of that or just interested in what I just said, you can catch on July 17th. Uh, and then on July 24th, you can, uh, you can see Radioactive as a film acquired by Amazon due to all the coronavirus that's been happening, one of them that they purchased. And it stars, uh, Roseman Pike and follows the, the life of a scientist, Marie Curie, and discovers that her and her partner made, and discoveries that her and her partner made, through the 20th century so it's kind of like a biopic of sorts that comes out on july 24th and then jim gaffigan takes the stage again on a new comedy special called the pale tourist and you can start streaming that on july 24th are you aren't you are you a fan of jim gaffigan yeah i think he's funny yeah he's all right i gotta Um, be in the mood for him oh okay that's fair enough (laughs) (laughs) uh but yeah so you can catch his new special on july 24th moving over to hbo Uh, there's a new original documentary series called the showbiz kids and showbiz kids and is about the highs and lows of children in show business featuring interviews and examinations of the lives and careers of the most famous former child actors in the world i think that's a either i think it's i think it's a series but also just could be a documentary film either way i think that's a great documentary to kind of get in the life of that definitely something i'll be interested in watching um and then uh so that you can start streaming that documentary on July 14th and then on July 24th you can catch the return of Room 104 for its fourth and final season. Ernesto, have you heard of Room 104 before? No. Yeah, the, okay, so you're on the same page. Maybe I, I'm like man, did I really lose out on a couple of TV shows throughout the years? Yeah. Um but Room 20 Room 104 seems like right up our alley. And I have no idea why we missed it or how we missed it. And it's already on its fourth season. Typically, like if you miss the first season, you're fine. Like, Oh, but like you missed three seasons already. Like where, where I feel like you haven't been advertising for this show at all. But from what I read about it, it's basically an anthology series of strange things that happen in room one Oh four. So the room is the same, but just the stuff that happens inside of it is just very weird. Um, Mm -hmm. So it seems right up our alley, and I don't know why I've never heard of it before. Uh, But a new season, the fourth and final season, comes out on July 24th, if you're interested. And for those who have HBO Max, you can expect to see a new docu-series on Amy Schumer and the -the behind-the-scenes look as she goes through the extraordinarily difficult pregnancy while she's touring to prepare for her stand-up special. So they made that into a documentary series. You can catch that uh, on July 9th. And then on July 30th, a new series called Frayed premieres on the streaming service, and it follows a wealthy London, London housewife is forced to return to her hometown in Australia, where she is forced to confront her past and the reasons that caused her to leave in the first place years ago. Uh, so HBO Max is definitely trying to get you. There's a couple of other things that are coming out on HBO Max, but those are the two things I saw notable. Um, but yeah, HBO Max is still trying to give themselves as a viable streaming service. So, anybody who hasn't already got the free upgrade can can go ahead and do that and I think Amy Schumer is like a decent pull right I think to yeah. to get people onto the streaming service i mean,
1: I mean unless unless there maybe it's a really crazy story of what happened, but it off initially or like i mean i don't know i mean I, I would assume it's hard like it's not gonna be yeah. <laughs> easy to be right, exactly. to be to be dealing with traveling and all this other crazy shit while being pregnant or. I mean, maybe she got really sick. I'm not, I'm not really sure her story. So yeah. I don't know. Maybe it, maybe it is interesting enough to have maybe a documentary. it is. I don't,
0: I don't exactly. know. I, uh, but I guess we'll have to see. Yeah. And, uh, and then lastly over to Netflix, uh, as always, they offer a slew of new content on July 10th. You can catch the old guard, which is an original movie starring Charlize Theron. And the the, I know I got it you? right. I was practicing yeah. the mirror all day. You have no <laughs> idea. <laughs> and the movie is about a covert team of immoral immoral mercenaries are suddenly exposed and now have to fight to keep their identity a secret as an unexpected new member is discovered. That, when, I, when you see the trailer and when you see the poster, that is not what I thought this movie was about. <laughs> Honestly, this looked like uh, Extraction, but with Charlize Theron. It just looks like she's like a badass mercenary doing some crazy shit like she always does. But no, I guess there's some 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 sort of uh, uh, sci fi fantasy element to it that I wasn't expecting. So I'm like, all right, you got my interest now. Like like you get like you didn't already before you kind of already sold me on Charlize Theron in the first place. So (laughs) (laughs) they could have just said this movie with her. Got it. Nailed it. Going to go see it. So you can catch that movie on July 10th and then on July 22nd. Uh you can see a documentary series called Love on the Spectrum is a four part documentary series that follows young adults on the autism spectrum that as they explore the unpredictable world of love, dating and relationships. I think that's a great idea for a documentary kind of following a couple of kids on you know some, something that's probably difficult for them to do um and so I I would I'm very interested in seeing that story.
1: Yeah, I am too. That that sounds super
0: interesting. Yeah. Um, also Netflix offers as always a couple of slew, uh, a a couple of new shows that are coming this month. Uh, Warrior Nun premieres on July 2nd and it follows a a young woman that wakes up with a divine artifact in her back. It is implanted in her back. You know, imagine if you're sleeping and then you wake up and you got this big thing on your back. (laughs) <laughs> hey I wasn't there this morning uh, and then, because of that, I guess while she was sleeping, uh she gets caught in the middle of a war between the forces of heaven and hell that that is that is warrior none, so <laughs> lost me there okay All right. I, mean, I don't know you maybe, uh, maybe see the trailer maybe you see the trailer does
1: doesn't initially pique my interest I
0: see. <laughs> Uh, but if it does you can see that on july 2nd on july 17th 13 reasons why catherine langford stars in cursed which is an original series about a teenage sorceress who encounters a young arthur in his quest to find a powerful and ancient sword if you know anything about king arthur then that sword is named excalibur so <laughs> uh so uh, i think that sounds interesting i like Catherine langford she was also in a couple of other movies um and so i like her as an actress so this could be a very interesting netflix series uh to dive into and then last but certainly not, not least uh the long-awaited season or the long-awaited second season of the umbrella academy finally mm. makes his return on july 31st i don't know about you ernesto but i loved the first season of umbrella academy
1: I thought it was so, I thought it was great. I really, w- really enjoyed it. I would, I think I'm going to rewatch the first season before I watch the second season. Just because I remember there's just like a lot of little details that happen within the show. And, you know, I don't want to get I don't want to just rely. This this is one I don't want to rely on the recap that I kind of want to yeah. go
0: back and rewatch.
1: And it's only one season to rewatch.
0: Exactly. There's one season, 10 episodes. It's also not a bad rewatch either. That movie exactly. sounds. Uh, in well, not the movie. I'm sorry. The the first season was incredible. I was not expecting to love it so much. I liked it so much. And you know, I don't do this often. I went to find the comic books in which they were inspired of, and I and they, there's only two, like like I guess each book that they had comprised of six comics in there, like six issues, and that comprise of one story. And there were only two. Uh, book. So technically, the the run, the comic book run, is very short. It only it only had twelve issues, um, split into two different stories. And so I and some of the and I so I read both uh books and the some of the stuff that happened in the second book, it was already in the first season. So I think part of this is going to be dealing with newer stuff, uh, briefly, probably newer stuff. But they also There's made a lot of to changes. Expand on. Exactly. Yeah. And they and they definitely made a lot of changes from the book to the TV show as well. So like the TV shows definitely stand on its own. And like, I feel like it echoes the comic book, but not really a retelling of it. So either way, I'm excited. And Same. rewatching the first season is not a bad rewatch as well. Uh And that's it. That's your new to streaming. So you can look forward to all of those short shows, movies, comedy specials, documentaries, all that and more. Uh, and we just, we're just, we just gave you a taste of what's coming to new to streaming. If you want more, you can go to our Instagram, go to the Instagram page at box office, underscore bingers. Uh, the first of every month we post right there on the homepage, new to streaming. And if you know, if you're worried about getting lost, just hit that save button, then go back to it later. And you know, you can go back to it. See if you're like, maybe like in a show hole, like I don't know what to watch. Go to new to streaming. It's all there. I'll tell you what you can watch. Um, Show hole is the worst. Isn't it? (laughs) Right. You just I, feel
1: so lost. You just like, <laughs> you're like, you'll, you'll sit and you'll scroll through shit and you'll be like, no, no, yeah. no. And then you just stare at like the screen. It's like, there's just too many choices. <laughs>
0: right. And like, like you put stuff on your list for a reason. And like, you yeah. should be like, it should be easy. Like, oh, I have a list. I'm just going to go to that. And then yeah. you're like,
1: well, I'm not in the mood to watch that or I don't yeah. want to. Right. When, right. When you finish something, you're like still, you're still in like feeling that show. You're still like in that yeah. world. So you're like trying to pull, almost like trying to pull yourself out. <laughs>
0: Right. And then you waste time. Like you probably spend like a whole afternoon trying to find something to watch. And then you never watch anything. And like yes. within within that time, you probably could have watched like two movies.
1: Let <laughs> me tell you how many times that's happened. Like me and my wife, we'll finish something. It'll we'll be sitting on the couch. And we was like, all right, well, we can start something else. And then we would literally spend like half an hour to 45 minutes Watch it. Yeah. Like we could have like been doing something else.
0: Like we yeah. wasted so much time. Or, or what happens often is like we are like we just finished a show. Like what do you want to watch? I'm like I don't know. And like thirty minutes goes by and we're just on our phones scrolling through Facebook or whatever. <laughs> and then and then we and like then it was like uh, like we come back thirty minutes later. So did you pick something? I'm like no, I thought you were picking something. And then like oh, all right. And then the thirty minutes go by still scrolling through the phone. <laughs> we could watch the whole movie between now and then. Exactly. <laughs> Just the quality time that we spend together, you know? Exactly. <laughs> uh, but anyway, like we were saying, new to streaming, Instagram page, it's all there. More than what we just talked about before. Yeah, it's there. All right, so that was your new to streaming. And now we're going to go over to what you're watching. If you're new to the to the podcast, uh, it's a fun little segment that we like to chit-chat about our, our recently watched movies and TV shows. So, Ernesto, we're going to start with you. What have you been watching?
1: So, I've been continuing my journey on Insecure with Issa Rae show on, oh. on hbo yeah how's that? and i i really really enjoy it i don't know why i like the show like i <laughs> like because and it's such like a super like sexist thing to say but it's like like it's a show geared towards females right but i just think she's like her right her, her situations that she writes into the show are just hilarious she's hilarious I think it's so funny. There are even points where there's heartfelt moments from time to time. Um, it's already been – they confirmed back in May. It's coming back for season five. I'm almost done with the fourth season. Okay. Because the other night – because, like, now, now I've even gotten my wife watching. Oh,
0: okay. Like, she,
1: she, like, she was, like, background watching, and now it's gotten to the point where, like, I'll have it on. And she would be like, so what did he do? <laughs> what happened back then? <laughs> what what happened like she starts asking questions when she starts asking questions then i know she's interested right so i'm uh we got i got all the way up to the the one be- the penultimate the one before the finale i was like if i watch oh, wow. this one then i'm gonna watch the next one so right i'm gonna save them so that i can watch them together
0: <laughs> fair enough fair enough yeah, yeah.
1: so that well, so that's that's where i'm at i'm, I'm really i'm I've, I've enjoyed it i very i've enjoyed i've I'm already piled through four seasons <laughs>
0: Yeah, and I've always been interested in the show. Like, it's always been, like, on my radar. I'm like, I can see myself watching, but just never getting around to it. So it's good to hear that at least it's a good watch. But you said that you weren't into it, like, at the beginning, but you're into it now.
1: Yeah, at the beginning, because I think I I was watching with that, like, man, I'm not going to like this. This is not going to be for me. So I think I withheld, like, I was, you know, I was holding judgment on it a little bit. Right. But But even, but think about that, like, even... With me holding that kind of judgment, it was the writing was still good enough to keep me interested four seasons
0: later. Right. Yeah, exactly.
1: I still so. felt, I was like, man, it's not that good. All right, let me see what happens next.
0: <laughs> <laughs> like, that was a bad episode. Uh, next. Next. <laughs> next. <laughs> For real. <laughs> uh, I wasn't feeling that one. But I'm gonna continue anyway. <laughs> yeah. And you know, don't get me wrong. Of course, there's good episodes.
1: There's some, there's some ones that just didn't yeah. kind of care for, but there's definitely been more good than bad.
0: Right. And, so. and, and that's kind of the whole point when you're watching a show. If there's more good than bad, then you got your attention at the very least. Yeah.
1: Nothing's perfect. And, yeah. you know, different people enjoy different aspects. Like, exactly. Maybe, maybe somebody will watch it and they'll appreciate other things that I didn't even think about. Very true. Uh, also, kind of on the background i sat with my daughter you know and we sat and she watched she watched frozen 2 with me for like like the good first half of the movie okay and she, and she claps she like has these little like olaf doll she has like the little doll little people doll set of of uh anna and elsa so it was yeah cute. but okay. i will say on my second rewatch after we reviewed it way back way back then
0: way way back when yeah
1: <laughs> way back when like it was enjoyable but i okay. still i still think that the first one was better
0: but All right, so that opinion has not changed.
1: No, but it's yeah. still. But Frozen Two is really. It's, I think it's funny. Like it's okay. still a fun movie, especially when Olaf go through goes through that whole part where he explains the whole first movie. First movie, yeah. That's like the best, That's like the whole best part of the
0: movie. Oh, okay, um, so it it holds up a little bit on a second viewing, then. Yeah. But, yeah but, okay. Okay. Like, but most Disney films do. That's true. That's fair enough.
1: Uh. Also, we fin- I finished Thirteen Reasons Why. Oh boy. Uh, It was it was okay. Like, I I really didn't enjoy. I I I think some of the direction choices were a little strange, but, you know, maybe they just needed to wrap it up, you know. Right. But but I will say during the finale, there are there were some moments where I was like, oh, man, I think that's one in my eye. (laughs) they were able to to pull some moments together so you know i gotta i gotta give them some credit like there there there's definitely some good moments that when you watch them you're like wow i feel like i can really feel like the emotion you guys try to put across so
0: right so i guess i I was happy
1: with the way it ended
0: okay that's what i was about to ask you so like i really really like the first season i think it's like a strong first season 100 percent agree with you and it never really, like, I, I sat through all of season two and it wasn't unbearable by any means. I, I enjoyed from what I saw from season two. There were some parts where I'm like, eh. And then like, like we've, like I've said on this show before, I kind of tread off in season three. So my, my big question is that did it kind of go full circle a little bit? Did they maybe make some callbacks in the first season? Yes. Like, was there, was there like a complete story when you're watching it from start to finish? Yes. Okay. And I
1: think and I think that's where like maybe that's where the show maybe they maybe they did the best what they could with the material that they had left. But well I will I mean they did to answer your question, yes. They they brought the story full circle. Like you understand you get a full understanding of Clay's Clay Jensen, the main character, you get a full understanding of his arc. Was I completely happy with some of the directions that they went? No. But who's ever happy one hundred percent with everything they watched? Right, that's fair. I think, but there's definitely some good moments. I still hold true. Like, I re- 100% agree with you. Like, first season is su- super strong. Like, it's, I, I almost think it would have been better as an anthology series. Like, maybe every season, yeah, tell a different story. Like, maybe they could have wrapped it up. They could have scaled it down, you know?
0: But, yeah, honestly, like, if they would, if it was just like a miniseries and they just ended with the first season, I feel like that, that show would have more credit. Then, cause I feel like it, from what I've been reading, at least anyway, of how the show, like, progressed, it was like on a slow decline from there. It just never really hit it, hit that popularity. I mean, and even at the time, though, that was a very controversial show. Yeah. And, but it was also a very impactful show as well. So, I mean, even to this day, they had to re-edit the, probably one of the most graphic scenes yeah. in the first season. So, like, you can't even see that anymore unless you find it online somewhere. But, but yeah, it's I mean, I, it's crazy remember, to think
1: about. Yeah. Because I, exactly. I remember seeing it. So now, if I were to go back and be like, "Oh, that's weird," like yeah, I remember seeing a scene that was here. I mean, I get it. I under. I mean, I get to understand, but but yeah. that's where. But I see. I think that's where they should have left it in. Yes, it's a very graphic thing to yeah. watch, but so this is the content that you're watching. Correct. You selected yeah. the show. You knew what the show was about. You knew exactly. they gave you the warnings. They depicted what you were about to watch. Just because. It's too much for you. Well, think about a woman in that situation. Do you think right. how do you think she feels being you think she wanted it? I don't think I think she wants to edit
0: that part out of her life. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. To say the least. Uh but I think I remember like at, at first they didn't have a disclaimer from my understanding. And I could be wrong on that. And then later they added the disclaimer and then they just removed parts of that scene altogether. Like they maybe it's still there, but they just re edited it so maybe it didn't look as graphic. Yeah. But I mean, but also I think that's what made that that show so I don't wanna, I guess use the word memorable because they went they took the extra step to kind of show you that process. Yeah. Um. So I don't know. That's that's just our two cents on the matter. But either way, at least like you were saying, at least there was some sort of full circle that came with the end of the series.
1: Yeah. I will say I felt it at the end of season one. When I remember watching the end of season one, I go, if they don't end it. Because I feel like Season 2 was a, was a drawn-out ending of Season 1.
0: Right, exactly. Like, the
1: whole court case. I was like, if they end it with Season 2 being the court case, like, I already knew. Like, I felt... Like, I told you, you just... Sometimes you feel it. Like, you just yeah. know.
0: Like, they may, maybe certain, you should
1: have calmed down. And then you get to a certain point, point, you're like, all right, I guess at this point, I'm just along for the ride. Like, right. I've, I'm already invested in these characters. I need to... I, I, I'm already at the point where I need to know how it ends.
0: Right, and you know, it's funny because I... when when you're two seasons in you kind of feel that way like yeah i should probably go back to it but then even to this day it's just like i feel like i jumped ship and i can't i can't i can't go back on the boat
1: (laughs) it's like see it's like that i feel like that with walking dead i jumped off off, like at the end like the whole megan thing and the whole glenn thing we talked about that at length already but you Mm -hmm. know like What I've never, and I've heard that they were, they found like they were able to pick themselves back up, like the show got better. But even then, I'm like, nah, I'm not ready yet. Like, (laughs) I'm still hurt. Like, Like, I'm still,
0: (laughs) you still hurt me walking down. Honestly, if they they tell me, like, hey, we're ending, I'm like, oh, you might have my interest there. At least I know there's an ending. (laughs) When I get, when I know there's an end, maybe I'll come back. Maybe, exactly.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Also, i tried to watch with my wife we tried to watch altered carbon on netflix yeah she's now i'm i'm like we're only like two episodes in now i'm interested i think the sci-fi that they set up do you know what it's about uh loosely yeah it's like everybody's born with sleeves like you're not it's like you're not your person but you're like this little memory disc that's that's inserted into your spine and there's like you know you can be reborn into a new sleeve, which is like a new skin.
0: Oh, I see. But I you're see. still
1: the same. But you're still the same conscious being. So it explores a lot of those elements that you know I really like. So you think of right. like upload, like existential like stuff like yeah, that. Right. So I, I'm interested, but she's like, nah, it's not for I'm me.
0: Good. <laughs> but it, it's
1: kind of got like um like Blade Runner vibes a little bit, like that kind of like noir detective sci-fi feel. Mm. So. I think uh, once I get some time to watch stuff on my own, I think that's one that I'm probably going to pick up on my own and watch.
0: Okay. I uh, don't – I didn't care for Blade Runner, so maybe this might not be the show for me. Uh, but that premise sounds interesting, though. You know, you your consciousness kind of just traveling from body to body for the most part. And I'm not
1: saying completely because I cause that would mean that it's like – it's not that slow.
0: But it definitely okay.
1: has that – it has that like noir, detective, sci-fi feel.
0: Right. It it's one of those shows that I've added onto my list, like we were just talking about. But when it comes time to, re- to start another show, it's like, "Oh yeah, next. No, no, no. <laughs> I'm not ready. <laughs> not ready. I'm just not ready." <laughs> yeah. Uh also well, on
1: Amazon Prime, my we watched My Spy as a fan. Oh,
0: the uh the Dave Bautista uh, uh, and the the the, the little actress. <laughs> I don't know her
1: name. I, yeah, I don't remember her name, but she's in um. I remember her from Big Little Lies. But so like I say, like a family film like that, but it like really really walks that line, because <laughs> there are some things that happen, and I'm like, oh, I don't know, maybe <laughs> much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> like, but it was you... but it was funny. It was actually pretty funny. <laughs> kids do you understand what you're watching no good okay good. Moving on. all right <laughs> all right not like not like um plot wise i think plot wise
1: like they were able to follow the movie like very very easily like it's very okay. very linear like there's there's a bad guy he only does bad things like it's so like if you're looking for a movie where some death this is not the film for you <laughs> this is not like a nolan adaptation of my spot <laughs> no but i actually i i was i literally walked it i was like i'm not gonna like this movie like it's gonna probably be bad but it was actually really really funny just okay that dave bautista he's just he just says some really dark shit throughout the whole movie <laughs> uh
0: so is he anything like his character in um in uh Guardians of the galaxy no, he's not as slow Okay, <laughs> he's, not,
1: he's not as slow as Drax
0: <laughs> gotcha. understood. I don't, i I've always I've had an interest in watching the movie. I know it just came on uh, on Amazon like last week so I, think you would like, I actually think that you would like that i you know I, I it doesn't take much for for me to like see like the little things in movies to really enjoy it it as you know, it takes a lot for us to really not like a movie. It's
1: a, uh I will say there are a good amount of the jokes that are in the trailer but not all of them. There are some good ones. They do leave some good ones for the film, but which I do appreciate.
0: Okay, all right. Uh, I, that's definitely something I'm putting on the list, and I'll probably get to eventually. Since it's on Amazon, it might be one of those where, like, when I'm, like, having, like, a half, like a, you know, a couple, like an afternoon, I'm like, oh, yeah, there's that one. This is probably a quick hour and a half, easy watch. You don't want to think too hard, just put it on and call it a day. So, yeah. yeah. I'll probably. Yeah, that's I'll, perfect. That's a perfect,
1: yeah scenario for that all right <laughs> uh, also um, i watched that i watched a couple episodes of that new um that new show the floor is lava on oh, netflix
0: yeah.
1: it's really in you know, at first i was like this is gonna be dumb like this is gonna be a dumb show like i don't remember, and i don't like reality tv that much anyway but like it's like a cool it kind of reminds me of like double dare on nickelodeon yeah, and it's just like, you know, like going through like the different obstacle courses or maybe not double there. Maybe I'm thinking of something else or like it was like a kingdom of the temple. Oh, I don't know. Oh, oh,
0: Legend, Legend of the Hidden Temple. Legend of the Hidden yeah. Temple. Yeah.
1: Yeah. It was like those like obstacles, like different obstacle courses and stuff. I don't know. It's it's super new. I like we found me and the kids we were like, oh, he's not going to make it. Like <laughs> oh, you see what he did there? We're like we're like planning out like, oh, he should do this. Like he should do different things, like trying to help him. Think of different ways they can go and achieve the goals, you know, get to the other end as a team. So yeah, I thought I actually think it's really interesting. It's really cool, actually.
0: Uh, I've also started it. Megan and I, we, we're we're watching it right now, and uh, I think it's funny. I think it's yeah. uh, the so like I don't really care for the. I didn't care for the host in the beginning of the <laughs> of the like when I first when we first started. I'm like, wow, this, this this host is annoying. He grew on me. Right now we're on, we watch four episodes right now. Uh, here's the only thing I don't like because Megan and I, we love game shows. This is technically one of them. And excuse me. The only thing that I didn't like was that how quickly the show ended. I thought we were going to have some sort of series where like these, these, these uh people are going to be moving on to the next round. I didn't realize that it was just one round they had to go through. And then at the end of it, you win $10,000. And in my head, I'm like, that's kind of a lot of money to complete this course. And, and you, and Rusty, you're kind of watching this and you're like, they only got one person through here and they still won $10,000. Exactly. How <laughs> hard could this be? Yeah. Right. It's like, and even, uh, did you get to the, to the kitchen one? Mm-mm. I'm in the, the, I'm only on the second episode.
1: So second, I think it's okay. the bedroom,
0: the bedroom. Okay. Right. Uh, so when you get to the kitchen one, there's like, I feel like the kitchen's the easiest one to get through. And I'm like, wow, the other two are so much harder. Than... <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like that, I feel like it's, you get an unfair advantage depending on what room you get. And you still get the same yeah. prize at the end of the day. Yeah, um, it's like, what the hell? <laughs> exactly. Obviously, the other contestants don't know that. But, uh, if anyone's interested, basically the, the concept of this show, Floor is Lava, is like, is just taking in like a, a, a classic at home, Fun activity that maybe you did with your siblings where you can't touch the floor obviously because it's lava and you're kind of hopping around your your house with like pillows or or couch cushions or all that stuff, and they kind of just took it to the extreme, and all of the settings are things around the house, which is kind of cool as well um i don't I, it's a fun show because that yeah you exactly are an you're kind of plotting like oh man if they if they didn't do that because it's a trap like there there was one uh, where I believe it's in, uh, I forgot which one it was. Well, well, uh, you haven't gotten here, but there's one in like in the kitchen episode where you have like these uh, swivel chairs and mm-hmm. like people think it's easy when you just hop on it. No, actually I'll take that back. In the first episode, the pyramid, the pyramid was oh, like, yeah. Yeah, the people were like, as soon as you got on it, everyone basically who were on that, you're, you're instantly done for. Pretty because, much. Yeah. You, UNC fell into lava because it's very slippery. And so there, there was another case in another episode where like, don't go on the swivel chair because you're you're not gonna do good. So you're almost like yelling at the TV, just like just go the other way. It's easy. <laughs> it's, it's it's like for us, it's clearly easier. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I agree with you. I think it's like a fun and like definitely for you, to watch as a family with your kids. I can definitely see them being really into it to get to get across. I um, enjoy. Yeah, and I know we're just enjoying it. Just the two of us here at the house kind of yelling at the TV as much. And again, we like game shows. So like we, we like yelling at the TV telling people how stupid they are when the, the answer is simple already. But yeah.
1: <laughs> all right. That's, uh, that's all I got for what you're watching this week.
0: All right. So I actually, uh, at the first time in, in a couple of weeks, I got like a good list going. I typically only oh. got like two things in. So I'm like, I feel, I feel proud of myself. Like I did, <laughs> I did my, my, my box office. Do box office Binger's <laughs> duties here. You did. I did. You did, Matt. <laughs> uh so like I teased earlier, I saw a movie called The Last Full Measure. And if you wanted to see like a a movie that honors veterans, this is basically the movie for you. It's I it's based off of a true story, and it's about like basically uh, a soldier who died at, at the Vietnam War and basically he should have been awarded the, the, uh, the medal of honor and the highest honor that you can get. And I guess throughout the years, it kind of fell through the cracks. And this, so you have like one of these soldiers, like older now, because it's been like, uh, they said 34 years. So like it took 34 years for him to get this award. And the, the, one of the soldiers that were there or that, that, you know, felt like he deserved it. Kind of persistently been going and try to get the paperwork going, and they've always been denied. And uh, and then the movie kind of showcases the process of awarding this person that has that has been dead for 34 years to get the honor that he deserves because it's that important. And the movie stars uh, Sebastian Stain, uh, who is the Winter Soldier. It also stars uh, Samuel Jackson, who is Nick Fury. It also stars William Hurt, and if you don't remember him, he's General Ross from from the incredible Hulk and some other Marvel movies. So kind of like a mini Marvel cast kind of reuniting for this story. Um, and it was good. So like you have um, uh, Sebastian staying, kind of playing the person who works for the government, talking to all these different veterans about how, why and how uh, he should be getting this award and the process to go through it and why he didn't get it earlier and all that stuff. And I thought it was a really good movie with like a great message of like persistence will get you there at the end of the day. Um, so, it, and then again, it's a movie that definitely um, honors the veterans and also showcases the struggle of surviving war with PD, uh, PTSD. Um, so they definitely did a lot of showcasing on that as well. I, and so if you're interested in any of that, like definitely uh, like the, the war aspect of it, I think this is a movie for, for you. Um, and then I also saw a movie called Photograph. Ernesto also stars, uh, uh, Issa Rae. You were just talking about her. And it's, it's an interesting story. It also stars, um, uh, Lakeith Steinfeld. If you saw, if you saw Sorry to Bother You, he was in that as well. And, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I don't, I
1: never saw it, but I know who, I
0: know who the actor is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so Photograph is about a, so, uh, uh, Lake, Lakeith Steinfeld he plays a character named Michael. So Michael works for like a paper or 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 magazine and he's he's a writer and he's he's interviewing people for the story and then as he's doing that he is it's about a woman who was in photography or did photography. I think they're doing a work on the on on the paintings or the drawings she used to do back in the day. Or no, sorry, the as the title says her photos she's taken not nothing about paintings. Uh the photos she's taken back in the day. So in that process as he was going through all of the work he meets uh her daughter uh and then him and Issa Rae, who is the daughter of the deceased mother um kind of form a relationship as well as uh finding more about the mother's history and why she made the decisions that she made and it was a very like genuine film it was it was like a love story but like in a different way Uh, if to say to speak it was like it was very linear nothing like like really like uh what's the word it's it's not like really i don't know It just felt like a very delicate movie that was like placed with care i guess uh and kind of came from like maybe a real case you can definitely uh, there's also a case of like uh, the movie kind of plays along with like making mistakes like you don't want to make the same mistakes that your parents did And so Issa Rae, as she's discovering what her mother did in the past, because like while she was growing up, like she felt like her mom was like was was abandoning her. And then like you got to hear some more stories and get more information. And then like and then she's worried that she's going to be like her mother and not really committing to anything. So I I thought that was a really good movie. It was it was definitely a love story. Um, And then there's also a story about the parents trying to do what's best for their child. Like, you think those were good decisions then, but you don't really understand the effect that it has on your child when you make those decisions. So, I, I thought it was a really good story. Um, and it was just like, it was, it was just intriguing to watch the entire time. So, I definitely recommend that, uh, uh, Photograph was the name of that movie again. And then I saw a movie called, and I finally got to it, Ernesto, uh, Fantasy Island. You said you oh, watched that okay. a while ago. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was, it was just, all right <laughs> yeah
1: it was all right it, it was
0: all right yeah and i actually I, I i actually expected less from the movie and so i was actually same. somewhat surprised when i enjoyed i guess certain aspects of the film then i it was almost like you're surprised that you liked parts of the film when you felt like you weren't gonna like anything of this movie
1: I felt the exact same way i remember i remember relatively if i remember correctly i remember relatively enjoying it more or less
0: yeah. And like, it wasn't bad. I don't feel a need to rewatch it again. It was, no. <laughs> it was just, Yeah, no, not really. Uh, it was just like, it was just, I wouldn't say like it was a movie that I watched. It was a little bit more than that. I'm not to the Estevan level. If you listen to his episode, he was like, I watched it five times. I'm like, oh, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't, I don't feel a need to watch that movie five times, but there was some, like you, I think from what I remember, you were talking about the movie that there was like a twist that you didn't expect at the end of it. Yeah, I was
1: like, yeah. oh, I actually didn't see that one coming. Like, I was right, exactly. pretty good. Like, look at you, you got me one time. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, You got like, I kind of predicted the other times, but it was just you got me that, that one time. That one makes time. Me... Well, they they, I felt like the most important one. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, because now when you watch the movie again with knowing the twist, you get that different perspective as with any twist Correct. in the movie. So like, you Correct. can see some motives, and obviously they were planting things in the in the beginning of the movie that was kinda kinda like emphasizing that this was some person's motives the whole time. So I you know I appreciate it for that. And it's a Blumhouse film and they don't I don't yeah. think they've ever created a complete disaster of a movie. Um so there was definitely that intrigue there and the guy from the the one of the actors from Space Force was in was in the movie, which it was fun to see. He he played uh the, the Asian character
1: Oh uh Jimmy 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 Yang? Jimmy yes. Chang? Yes.
0: Yeah, yeah. He's the comedian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's the comedian. Yeah, he was in Fantasy Island. So I'm like, "Oh, I know you. I've seen you in a movie or in a, in a show. I've seen you in a thing." Yes, yeah, seen <laughs> you in a thing. And I actually really like Michael Peña's role in that film as well. I thought he did a pretty good job from what he did. Um and then the story was like like I guess there was a sense of intrigue when when the movie's you know, when like when we get about halfway through the movie because like I I felt like it was less of a horror which I thought it was going to be more of. I thought it would be like more jump scares and more trying to get like, you know, more of a horror element. But I guess it was like horror themed, but not really a horror. It's, I guess it's more of a thriller, I guess.
1: Which – and I think that is what the aspect I really enjoyed. It was more about like the story than it right. was about the supernatural elements. Like Like that's what it needs to be. It needs to be a good story – With like a a little layer of that supernatural I mean they were a little heavy on it obviously Right How things played out in the end It definitely seems like they set up for like another one
0: They did Yeah they definitely did Which I'm not sure if I would go into it But I can also see the just ending there And just calling it a day Uh, But I was fine with the movie Uh, Like like I said it was just alright Nothing really much to take away from it Um, Like it's a movie that I watched I can have an opinion on it And then you kind of just move on it seems like one that
1: probably would have done better just going straight to a streaming service.
0: Oh, yeah, definitely. I totally agree with that. Like that did not really need a theatrical release. You could you probably like I know Blumhouse is owned by Universal, like Universal makes those movies, so if Peacock was around and they wanted to promote the streaming service, that would be a good movie to put on like Peacock as a streaming exclusively.
1: Service. Like movies exclusively, like that's just yeah. like and maybe and maybe that'll help clear that clutter out of the theater like because you know there's just sometimes there's certain movies that's like maybe that didn't need to come out in the mm-hmm. theaters mm-hmm. but like when you bring move stuff like that to just the streaming service like it like i feel like it would thrive But in those places it would
0: thrive yeah i think so like even like look how um um ex, uh, extraction went with with chris Hemsworth. yeah that's like, a that great was, movie. that was a great movie And, like, I mean, the story wasn't there, but all the action was. And so, like, I feel like when you see a movie on a streaming service where it's like, man, I would have loved to have seen that, or I think that would have been good in the theater, I think that's when you know you have a good movie for the streaming service.
1: See, but I think Extraction, I think that would have done really well in the theaters. I know it's a Netflix film, but I think seeing that movie with that much action – like in a dolby theater would have
0: been yeah, well worth fair. it yeah i that, totally agree but like but but i was more i was also very satisfied that i was able to see it oh at, no yeah yeah, as well. agree, yeah yeah so like when but it was like that level of like intensity and like a, how much we you know we enjoyed the movie it just like all right that you got a good one in your in your book where like cause i don't want all like just mediocre movies landing on a streaming service i don't want that um but i i, I don't know I, I i totally agree with you i think It would better be served on a streaming service. Since we're already at that day and age now where we can have the differences, totally. Mm -hmm. Like, you can make a low-budget film and put on a streaming service, and it could be just as accessible as if you were to put it on in the theaters. Probably more. Probably more, yeah. That could attract more people to the service, and that's exactly what you want to do. Exactly. And the last movie that I saw was The Current War, uh, and current meaning as electrical current. And it actually starred uh, Benedict Cumberbatch as uh, uh, Thomas Edison. You had uh, Michael Shannon as George uh, Westinghouse. And you had Nicholas Holt as Tesla. And so, so far in my book, they had an incredible cast. You also had Tom Holland in there as Thomas Edison's assistant. So basically, you have you have you got Zod, a powerhouse there. you got a powerhouse <laughs> there. You have Doctor Strange and and uh, Spider Man teaming up to go against the Beast and Zod from Man of Steel. So <laughs> so I it, didn't
1: even know you'd see what I did there. It was a powerhouse. Yes, powerhouse. it was.
0: Yes, indeed, it was. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, out of all the movies that I talked about so far this is one i actually enjoyed the most acting was top-notch as usual um with, with those group of with those group of actors and the movie was just told in a, in a very interesting way you have and something that i didn't even really think of like right now electricity is a second nature like like there wasn't like the thing we grew up with with is just like it's everyone everyone's home it's out in the streets it's like everywhere and now we're going back into the 1980s I'm sorry, 1980s, not, not not that further back in the 1800s, um, and and you have a, a a a story of them like how was it like when you are competing to be the country's or the state's electricity provider because you are the one that created electricity and now people were able to take that idea and now sell it to other places so they can have electricity in their homes. I guess, I guess in today's case, it's kind of comparable to, well, not by any means of the imagination, but the, you know, as far as this podcast, it's kind of like a streaming service. And it's like, Hey, we have all of this stuff for you. Which one are you going to buy? In that case, it's like, we have electricity and we're able to hone it in. Now, how, which, which like, which uh, light bulbs do you want in your house? Or do you even want electricity? And how are we going to run this to generate? to different towns and cities and all that stuff. And uh, I thought it was great. And then you also got like a, a history of Edison and and Westinghouse and like how their feud was like, I guess legendary of how they were always fighting for attention and uh, not attention, but I guess the fighting for the dollar. And you also see like the decline of Thomas Edison's like, he was known for a lot of things and he was he's also known for, you know, discovering electricity. But then there's also a sense of like this, like he was also a person of greed and he wanted his name to be plastered everywhere. So like it was like eating at him that he couldn't be the very best at this thing. So you kind of see him a, a person not to say go insane, but kind of like consume himself. And and if he only like worked together, they could accomplish a lot more and probably be more recognized if, if he was and probably more than what he already is now, if he wasn't consumed with his own ego. So I thought it was a really good movie. Um It was a lot better than I expected it to be. It's like, again, like uh you have all these powerhouse actors, but then sometimes you get a couple of indie movies that didn't really get a lot of recognition. In the theater kind of went straight to video on demand and you don't really think a lot of of it because there was a lot of advertising for it. And those movies kind of fall through the cracks and it's just an alright movie when you end up getting to watch it anyway. It's like a movie that will end up on a streaming service you'll probably get to eventually. Like, oh, I know, uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. I know Tom Holland. I'll give that one a watch. And I was surprised at how much I enjoyed that movie. So it's not streaming anywhere right now. Uh, but when it does, I'll probably mention it because I think it's a really good movie to watch.
1: Yeah, man, you, yeah, you set me up. I was like, man, this sounds really good. I'm gonna have to, I was literally about to ask you.
0: Where you can find it. Where you can find it, yeah. No, I'm sorry, it's not anywhere yet. I, I'm, I'm still in that, uh, that library get. Like they just send movies to my house, and so I get, I get the DVDs and I pop them in. So that's how I get some of the movies that way. Um, but yeah, so I was able to get through that. But when, when eventually all movies will be become available to streaming at some point. So when it does, I'll let you guys know. Uh, and that's it. That's all I've been watching. Um, so now we're gonna dive into, uh, one of our spoiler reviews for this week we have like Ernesto teased earlier we have another double feature for you guys we are we reviewed two movies this week and the first movie we're going to review is Eurovision Song Contest the story of Fire Saga with (laughs) I think I said that name correctly uh I'm just gonna look it up the yeah your Vision yeah, Star right. Contest: The Story of Fire Saga, yeah. Um, stars Will Ferrell and Rachel McAdams, a new Netflix original movie. Ernesto, what'd you think of it?
1: You know, when this movie first opens, that first scene where you see them on the cliff—the one that's in the trailer—it's like oh, yeah. you already. It's like, all right, this is gonna be one of those like ridiculous Will Ferrell films. And guess right. what? That's exactly what it is. <laughs> it's got like um, it's got like Blades of Glory feels for me, like okay. like one of those. Okay. But I, I, I don't know. I enjoyed it. I thought it was really funny. I mean, don't go into it expecting a whole lot, but I think it's like Will Ferrell's, like, like, I, like, I don't know. I, I just always enjoy Will Ferrell films. Like, I mean, there's a couple of them that I don't really like. Like, I didn't really care for Rebound or Anchorman 2. But all the other, more or less, I enjoy all his films. And it's got this, the same, those same little hilarious feels, like those jokes that he carries. He's got like certain jokes that he carries throughout the whole film
0: i enjoyed it what did you think i actually very surprisingly really enjoyed this movie way more than i thought i was ever going yeah. to enjoy this movie <laughs> i was like because like again like you you go into the movie and i think like they have like a like the first five minutes of the movie again if we didn't mention before this is a spoiler review um we we go about the first five minutes of the movie, they kind of like go into their childhood and like kind of showcasing where he finds the love for Eurovision, which I did not know was a real thing. Eurovision Song Contest is a real competition that's held in Europe. Like this is oh, a real shit. thing. Yeah, it, this is this is real. And so like they they do take, you know, popular singers from around the from around the country and they they put them to showcase in the song competition happens every year. It's and funny, so, it's like
1: the one part with the American, and he's like, is it like the voice? He's like, no, your vision is not like the voice.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um. But yeah, so like I was completely like, thrown off guard because I, I was doing some little research after. I'm like, oh, son of a bitch, this isn't a fake thing. This is real. <laughs> this, is, this is real. <laughs> this is real. And so like – so yeah, so the movie starts off first five minutes kind of – how as a child he fell in love with it and the the next thing you see is basically what you saw in the trailer of those like this this music video of rachel mcadams and will ferrell singing their song and then when i like what first threw me off guard which took me a little bit of appreciation for the movie is that once that scene was over the next cut like when they finished the song was them like in the garage yeah and i was like oh Okay, so the the trailer I felt like misled me a little bit. I thought they were like, you know, honestly, I thought with because I didn't other than like that music video, I didn't see anything any other trailer for this movie. I didn't know what this movie was about, so I figured, and in Will Ferrell fashion, of a movie about like these all star celebrities like who are in like who are who is known for make you know creating music and all these uh these well known artists. And it was just a movie about their fame, or the ridiculousness, or their tour, or something along those lines. Yeah. And I was like, and I was like, oh, wait a minute, they're nobodies. Okay. What else? What else does this movie is about? Like, what else you got? And it surprisingly had a lot of heart. There was a lot of yeah. heart that came into this movie. And like, basically, you you have you know Will Ferrell die. You know, he's living with his dad. He's basically going away. With Pierce, going,
1: Bross, going, with fucking with Z- Pierce
0: <laughs> Fucking 007. <laughs> he's I did retired. not see that coming. <laughs> yeah. He's retired, and now he's living in Iceland with Will Ferrell as his as his son, which I almost didn't buy. I'm like, I don't know. I'm not saying you guys are close in age, but also I'm not buying that at all. <laughs> you know, also,
1: his father also impregnated half of the town. <laughs>
0: yeah, exactly. Yeah, they made that, that joke around. Uh, and so, like, Will Ferrell's dream is to only be part of this uh, – the song contest and you have Rachel McAdams who've known Will Ferrell for a very long time and kind of supporting him in his dreams. Also secretly loves him, but he's like oblivious to everything and doesn't feel like it's the right time. Like his dream needs to happen first before he does anything else. And he's already like a middle-aged man living with his dad. Like he's getting nowhere. <laughs> and just out of sure random luck, uh he gets submitted into the song competition and then the, the story kind of, takes place from there there's like a preliminary round and they did awful at and then the part that i did not expect at all (laughs) but the fucking with the cruise ship exploding they're like they're like because
1: you know you know what i did love is that the movie like every almost every single one of their performances was an absolute fucking disaster obviously except for the one at the very very end you know their 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 final song but everything before that was just like a literal a literal utter shit show Right. So yeah. they just sure. we're just coming back from the first one, and you know he's crying on the pier, and then they watch everybody explode on the boat party, and right. you see like body parts and shit fall out <laughs> by there, and they're like, it's funny because like you feel you see you see their mix. They did a really good job of having them show mixed emotions because yes. they're like we're also so happy but also very <laughs> devastated that all those yeah. people are dead.
0: <laughs> right. Because they're like. We were supposed to be on that boat as well because they you know, it was like a an after party for all the contestants for win or lose just to have fun after the the preliminary stuff was over. And clearly they lost and they were supposed to be on the ship with everybody else, and for some reason they missed it, and then boom, this it just exploded. And then like 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 you were saying, you have uh Will Farrell going like like well first Rachel McAdams like, Oh my god, that's terrible and he goes I'm so happy. <laughs> he's like, and I'm thinking like, why the fuck are you happy? He's like, we're in the contest now. We're in the contest. Everyone else is dead. <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's very dark and morbid, but true. <laughs> yeah, like, oh yeah, that sucks. Yeah. But yay for you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it was, it was funny because after that, they cut to a scene and then like the people who were orchestrating the event, he's like, yeah, rules are rules. I guess no matter how bad, awful and terrible they are, I guess since they're the only person left, we have to send them through. And then, like, the pan, the camera pans over to them. And, like, we didn't know that yeah, they, were, they, they were in the room. room. <laughs> that was great. I love that. That was a great scene. <laughs> that was so funny. <laughs> and then it pans over and then, and then he goes, So we're in, right? Was that a yes? <laughs> yeah, How <I> love that. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then, I don't know, like, the, the movie was, like, like, for me, surprisingly funny. And I'm not a big Will Farrell fan by any means. Like, I, I feel like my real Pharaoh movies that I like are very low. Mm. Uh, like, I liked uh, Daddy's Home with uh, with Mark Wahlberg. Wahlberg other guys. You ever see? The that? Other Guys with Mark Wahlberg. Yeah, that's a great one. Uh, and, like, those are the first shit that pops in my head. Like, there's other. Step Brothers were, like, for me, that was all right. I didn't find that that fun. What? oh no. my god
1: stepbrothers is hilarious but okay
0: i, your, I respect your opinion man <laughs> <laughs> i respect your opinion but you're wrong <laughs> i wasn't gonna say it but oh, you okay. already know what i was thinking <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> <laughs> uh but yeah i was like surprisingly like uh into it and then uh when so then they get to well first of all i was not expecting demi lovato to be in this movie <laughs> and then also dead well, i didn't,
1: I didn't know who it was at first until the until the end credits. Like I wrote it in my notes. I was like, she looks like a famous singer. I was like, famous singer cameo? Question mark. Then at the end, I was like, answer? Question? Answer. Demi Lovato. <laughs> yeah,
0: Demi Lovato. Yeah, I saw her. I'm like, oh, you're in this movie? Okay. I'm like, oh, you're dead now. Okay, never mind. <laughs> and um and so yeah, so I thought it was really cool. I also liked the scene. Well, first of all, I loved Dan Stevens. Uh, he played from yeah the guy from legion right exactly he was hilarious i thought he was great the role that was was also perfect for him he's also the beast in beauty and the beast That's so great. he has he has some singing chops on him already i'm not sure if he actually sung in this uh in this movie uh i do know that rachel mcadams did not sing at all in this movie that was that, not her voice yeah exactly but, but it was will Farrell. He actually sung in the movie. That was his voice. But you know what? That totally sounds like him because you you think of
1: like him in his other previous movies. He's always like singing some kind of tune or singing right. something. But I thought it, I thought it was very like very like it was very him like to see him in a movie about singing like that.
0: Right. And I also thought like their accents because they were trying to be Norwegian or Icelandic. Icelandic. I, Icelandic. Yeah. And I also I didn't I thought it was gonna be like distracting because I know they don't sound like that. Uh, but it actually didn't bother me. I think they honestly, I think they did a really good job of like, really not making this like a slapstick comedy with like vulgar humor in it that I that that's what I was exactly what I was expecting. Um, and and instead you got like this heart and also that, that, that moment when they were at, uh, the Dan Stevens house party and they had like this really cool sing along.
1: Yeah. That reminded me of like, uh, when they would do that in pitch perfect. It's like a, exactly.
0: like a sing off, like they were just like riff off of each other. I thought that was great. Yeah. And like the music was like catchy, too. I'm like, OK, this yeah. is not bad. Like, I'm, I'm feeling this. And like that was a really cool scene. And I think also they were able to get singers from different countries to be in that 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 scene. Oh. It's like I like I didn't recognize any of the faces, but like I felt like they lingered on their shots for a while. And therefore, I—it's kind of like when you see Demi Lovato in the movie, like, "Oh, I know her. You're a famous singer." I felt like they did the same, but for people from other countries when they were doing that scene. It's just that—that's—I mm-hmm. didn't look into it, but I, that's the vibe that I got. And so, I thought that was really cool. The only—the only thing
1: plot-wise I didn't really care for in the film was, I think, is the um, the antagonist of the film. I don't remember that guy that he's kind of like the bad guy. He was totally against the, the Europe wanting them to win Eurovision. Right. He was the whole reason, like he's the one who obviously he blew up the boat and he tried to kill Will Ferrell at the end of the movie. But then Will <laughs> Ferrell, he was, stabbed, he was stabbed by those elves. <laughs> he's like, all right, I'm just going to leave your, your, your knife here in case you have to do any stabbing later.
0: <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> like, you know what's funny the about what... the, go-, go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go ahead. Go ahead. No, I was gonna say the 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 elves thing, like because like in the beginning of the movie they teased it of like Rachel McAdams character, you know she believes in the elves and like she was praising the elves and like basically you know giving them food and like things so you like you leave you leave something for them and you're like hey can you do me a favor you know you know really appreciate you doing this and like you're believing them because if you give them something they typically give you something back in return and because they're magical elves and, like the whole movie like will Ferrell's like that's a hoax i don't believe this and and then he's and for some reason he goes back well i know the reason but i think the silly reason that he goes back all the way to iceland like like toward the third act of the movie And then he meets with the guy and then like he's, he's you know, he visit the elves and then the guy tries to kill him. And then all of a sudden this random knife just comes about and just like stabs in the back. And then like when Will Ferrell's like, who did that? And then like the scene cuts with the door just closing. You don't actually (laughs) see the elves. You just see that there was like a presence and Will Ferrell's like, oh my God, they're real. And you would think that's like a scene that easily could have been played off so cheesy and especially if Will Ferrell's involved, but again, they played it off very comedically, and I thought that that moment was hilarious because I don't think I was expecting to see it either.
1: Yeah, like his character, like I felt like he's, gonna be, he's so mad that like, oh, they're they're gonna bankrupt Iceland. We can't have them come here. It's like, right. is he not thinking about the the economic dollars that's gonna bring that's gonna bring to the community? Oh
0: like, yeah, <laughs> yeah yeah he's like it's gonna bankrupt our like we're spending so much money to host it and then we're gonna bankrupt our our country or our little town so we are not going to we don't i don't want him serious so therefore everyone must die i agree with you that's a little bit far-fetched but you know what like it
1: did like it bothered me but it like i quickly forgot about it because it's almost like that part of the movie was like a like a second thought. Like that wasn't, cause that's like, like you said, it's like not even what the movie was about. Like it no. could have been about that, but it wasn't about, that was just like an afterthought of what the film was. Cause it wasn't even like almost until the end. He's like, oh yeah, you're, you're, you're the bad guy. You did some bad shit. Yeah. I feel like having the bad guy in the movie was like more of an afterthought than anything.
0: Yeah. I know. I agree with that because it was, he wasn't a main focus in the movie at all. Like he was like kind of, hey, here's this guy who was part of the meeting to even, like, he was part of, like, the song, the Iceland part of the song contest. And then he's like, I don't like that idea. He's like, okay, cool. We'll get back to you later. And then he was like, oh, my God, we're going to be in last place. I'm like, okay, that's nice. I'm going to be over here now. And then then we get to him at the end. He's like, I'm the bad guy. I'm like, ah, okay, whatever. Like, they, they literally gave him... Ten minutes of screen time, maybe total, if not less, of a yeah, two was, hour film.
1: I think the movie was funny enough without it. Like I love I love the the whole the like half the whole movie he's like joking about how much he hates Americans. He's like, yeah. We really hate you. Don't come back even at the end of the movie where they're in the bar. Oh and my American friends are here. It's like I really hate you. Don't you have a chili cheese dog to go eat? Yeah. <laughs> that
0: was, that was Please bad. never come back. Never come back. <laughs> That's actually really funny. Yeah, I do agree with that. It's just like, <laughs> he kept poking fun at the image. He's like, he's like uh, go to a Starbucks or something. He's like, oh, okay, where is it? He's like, uh, I don't know. He's like, he's like, was he was he helping us? Like, they, he was asking. <laughs> like, go and, to a they,
1: and I loved how he used the Americans as a plot device. Like, he yes. gets to the airport and they just happen to be driving up. Come on, Americans, let's go. Let's, I like I just love how Will Ferrell yells at people. He's like, (laughs) "Come on, let's go!" Like it reminds me of his character of of, from Old School.
0: (laughs) Oh yes, yeah, (laughs) yeah. Because he was just like he was like basically, "Go, go faster! We have to go! What are you doing? (laughs) you're americans drive fast!" (laughs) There are literally no speed limits in Europe. (laughs) Yeah, 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 that's right. Yes. What's the speed limit? None. There's none in Europe. Move. (laughs) Pedal to the metal, American.
1: One thing uh, I thought was kind of weird was like at the end, how like you know they're together and they have their baby and they're playing his dad's wedding, who's getting yeah. who's actually getting married to Rachel McAd- McAdam's mom, and they like talk about how weird it is.
0: <laughs> no, you know what was funny because at, throughout the whole movie they're like, "What do you guys sisters?" and no, uh, sorry, brother and sister. And then Will Ferrell goes, "Probably." And then Rachel, Rachel McAdams goes, "No, we are not. We are not brother and sister." Probably, and <laughs> yeah. then and then at the end of it, they technically but are <laughs> now. <laughs> yeah, most likely not. No, yeah. Uh, but the joke was because Will Ferrell's dad was sleeping with everybody, that it just assumed that maybe, maybe you might be my sister. I don't know. Probably. He's, or, fathered, no, half the, he's fathered half the children in the town. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and then at the very end, there's kind of some irony there because technically, since Pierce Brosnan married Rachel McAdams' mother. Then now they are technically brother and sister by marriage, even though they have a baby together. <laughs> yes, even though they're either I guess they are married. I don't know if they are. They never about like that. Yeah, they never told us. They have a baby, you know, in a family, and they're still in the same band. Which I thought it was funny when they introduced the band because you have like some old dude, like a twelve-year-old playing the drums, and <laughs> it was like a whole bunch of different age groups just being in this band, and you have the one guy who's like, "I want Ja Ja Ding Dong." Like we're not gonna ja, play cha cha Dig Dog. Yeah. Like we just played this and like play it again. Only cha ja, cha ja, Dig Dog. We're not playing this again. We we already played it once. Play. He's like, all right, all right, fine, we'll play it again. He's like, yay. And then <laughs> it's like, he's like, he's gonna play ya Ja Dig Dog. Yeah. Yeah. The yeah. crowd goes wild. Yeah. And it was such a stupid song, but also like it's one of those songs that gets stuck in your head and like yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. yeah. yeah.
0: Ding dong. <laughs> yeah, it's like, all right. Yeah, it's kind of catchy. Um, but then then you get to, like, the very end of the movie where, like I said, it shows the heart of, like, basically you throughout the whole movie, they're, like we said, they were just in one shit show after the next. Every performance that they'd done was a, basically a disaster. Um, They have no flair. They have no idea what they're doing. And then uh, at the very end, they finally give a genuine good performance. And you felt that, that it was earned. And that's yeah. the part that I, I feel like, you know, when a movie gives you all of this and then you still have an ending that feels earned, because a lot of movies, and especially the one we reviewed last week, Artemis Fowl, nothing felt earned in that movie. <laughs> yeah. Uh, not, not... Dumpster fire. Dumpster fire. <laughs> 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 and, and then you have this one where I feel like, yeah, there was a lot of comedic scenes, but there was still a flowing story there. Something that you can still have a through line for. And even when the part where, like they had like their 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 last bad performance on stage, and Will Ferrell's like I'm done, and like I'm just gonna go back and quit. And then Rachel McAdams, you're not a quitter. What are you doing? He's like I'm out of here. I'm going back home. And Rachel McAdams still stuck it out. And guess what? They end up moving to the finals, and they weren't really expecting it. And and then like he went to Iceland. And I didn't I didn't like that part that he went all the way back to Iceland, and then have to go all the way back to wherever the contest was i feel like that was like a waste of time um i almost feel
1: like it was like a comedic way of saying of like showing the hero's journey of going back where you came from and you have to like travel like why not make it like an actual travel back to where you need to be i mean because where else was he gonna go either that or they're gonna show him like drunkenly walk around europe or that's like wallow in his sorrows there he like but he had he almost had to go home because he when he went home and he was on a boat with his dad that's when his him and his dad had that moment on the boat by right. his dad telling him about how he was proud for him and then it was like funny after that cuz then he fucking jumped into the water started right. swimming and then the guy tried to kill him and then he stole his car and then he and then he went to go see the americans at right. the airport and you know it was like all part of the journey
0: Oh, that, that, that's a good way of looking at it. I wasn't really thinking of it that way. I'm like, well, he, I, you're right. Cause I think what happened in the movie was better than him maybe drunkenly walking around, uh, Europe. And then he somewhat finds out like, Oh my God, we're in the finals. I have to go back and, and do it. And, but also there was a good moment where he realized that he wasn't the star of the show. Like right. he knew, he knew that Rachel McAdams was way better than him. And that was obviously known throughout the whole movie. And they kept telling her that you're better off without him. Like your voice is better, your you know, your career will probably be better. And and then like when it came down to it, they technically did have the last performance to themselves, but he kind of took a backseat and just played the piano and she sung the song. And even and it's kinda of like one of those movies where at the end, because because they played a different song, they were disqualified from the contest, but at this case they didn't win the I guess they didn't win the contest, but they won respect. Correct. And and so and that for that that qualified as a happen ending because people in the town didn't really like them. Now they're liked in the town. They end up being together, have the respect for the father, respect for the, you know, their country, respect for the crowd, everything like that. Probably have a good chance of maybe if they want to go back. They can do the contest again next year. So I feel like there's a lot of good themes in that movie that surprisingly just really worked well together. I, I wasn't expecting it I, at all. Like this yeah. movie could have easily just been a cheesy Will Ferrell with, with a musical basically. And the songs sure. were, the songs were catchy, entertaining, and it had some sort of purpose to some degree in it as well. So, I mean, for me, just all on a nutshell, I was surprised by it. I think this is a, this is like like a perfect streaming movie right on Netflix. Like, I think I would have been even satisfied if I saw the theaters, if I, and if that ended up happening.
1: Yeah, I agree. I actually, man, I told you like, i like I didn't like I was like because recently you know I haven't really cared for his films like Anchorman Two is probably for me it's probably one of his worst right. that has come out but this one was pretty I thought this one was pretty solid it was funny it way better like kind of very similar what you think like it's you know I I didn't expect I didn't expect anything and I was actually surprised at the outcome
0: right exactly and that's that's basically you know what that movie is I'm trying to go back to see his last. Movie And he hasn't really come out with anything. He's been in small cameos. Um, but he did do Downhill with uh, Louis uh, – Louis, uh, Julia Louis-Dreyfus. Uh, uh, oh, that's Louis right. Ju- I wanted to yeah. see that. I wanted to see yeah. that one. Um, I know he was in that. That came out earlier this year. Uh, but then before that, he was in uh, Daddy's Home too and The House with uh, Amy Poehler and uh, Zoolander 2 and then the original Daddy's Home. So – yeah. It, so I feel like it's been a while that Will Ferrell, you know, especially since Daddy Holmes, Daddy, Daddy's Home 2 was like his last movie that he headlined. So it's been a good three years before we see him in something else. So I think this was a nice return for Will Ferrell and like a very different comedic uh, role for Rachel McAdams. And she has great comedic timing as well. I mean, just remember her in Game Night with Jason Bateman. She was good in that one as well.
1: Oh, I didn't know, didn't realize, or maybe I did and just don't remember seeing it. That he, Will Ferrell, is an EP on Dead to Me. Yes, yeah, with uh, Adam McKay. Yeah, I knew that. I mean, okay, he's also producing Succession, so I'll, so oh. will get. That. But you know, but I think like I think as far as starring him being one of the main leads in the role, like right. like I wasn't expecting him to come back as strong sh- as strong as it did. Like, right, I, mean, I know it's stretch to say, but you know, you know what I mean. Like it was just, it was a very enjoyable film that I didn't think I was gonna enjoy.
0: Exactly, I've, we're on the same page here, that's for sure. I I was pleasantly surprised with what I saw, and a good entry because again, again, like this could have easily been one of those misses from Netflix that you know from a from a well-known comedian, and it ended up being very very nice. It was it was a it was a solid film that I can easily see myself revisiting in the future.
1: Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. definitely. Definitely can rewatch it.
0: Mhm. Uh. So yeah. Anything else left to say about Eurovision? Nope. Yep. All right. So then we're gonna move on to our last spoiler review for for today, and we reviewed uh 7500, a, a movie, a uh, 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 Amazon Prime Video original, uh, starring uh Joseph Lovett, Joseph uh, Joseph Gordon Gordon, Gordon Lovett. Yes. And Ernesto, uh, what'd you think of the movie? I
1: really. Really enjoyed this film. And I, re- I think one of the things I enjoyed, um, the movie is about a hijacking that takes place um, on a trip from Berlin to Paris, I believe. I
0: think um, so, yeah.
1: I think so, I think so. And the, the entirety of the film takes place in the cockpit. Yeah. And it's just, I guess it's just seeing it from, the whole movie is from Joseph Gordon-Levitt. The, the co-pilot is from his point of view. Yeah. And I just thought it was really well done. There were some really, really intense scenes um yeah i mean i i didn't i want another one like it was just a really enjoyable thriller really really enjoyed this one
0: yeah i you know i kind of enjoy these movies where because it it showcases a lot like these type of movies where you have one point of view and the and the movie and the camera doesn't leave that setting that setting for this movie happens to be the cockpit and so two things are kind of happening when you see a movie like this one because you got you have it's all solely on the actor, the actor is basically acting alone and for the most part and it like it all relies on him to sell what's happening and then two what how can you make a cockpit interesting like how many different things can happen in a cockpit before for ninety minutes no less and I thought both of which they did a really good job of making this film uh i guess thrilling and intriguing and uh You know, you're anticipating what the next move is going to be because you're kind of a little bit on the edge of your seat because you don't really know what's going to be happening throughout the movie. And I actually really enjoyed how the movie started Mm -hmm. because, yes, the movie takes place in the cockpit, but it also uh, – before we get there, they showed security footage of the airport. And when we later find out are they're following, I guess, the terrorist and how they got through security and then we kind of see what ended up leading up happening, which was they they got through security. They were fine. They went to a duty free sh- uh, shop and got a, uh, and got some alcohol in a bottle. They went to the bathroom. They they cut the bottle, you know, and made a weapon out of it. They probably used duct tape and used the glass as a weapon that mm-hmm. eventually would be a weapon. And then and then eventually you see them coming on to the plane, you know, acting all casual and then. They, did, I think, the uh, a good story tactic was they, because essentially, you know, in the movie, you are solely just caring about uh, uh, Joseph Gordon lovetts character, but then now you, but then like they they showcase that the person that is one of the flight attendants is actually his girlfriend mm-hmm. or wife was the, was that his wife, right?
1: Uh, I think he said it was his girlfriend. They weren't married. married. They weren't
0: married yet. Yeah. But or they have a child together. Yeah, they do have a child together, yeah, yeah. Right, yeah, it's unclear whether, whether they were married or not, but now that kind of gives you that you care for at least someone on the outside of the cockpit, where we are going to be spending the rest of the movie mm-hmm. inside. So I thought that was a good thing to introduce in the very beginning. And then also, I think it was really cool to see them kind of going through the mechanics of like-, like All they, the pilot shit. All the pilot shit, yeah. Like you're literally seeing in real time these events, like it's just, I felt like that all of this would happen within a ninety-minute period for sure. And so you, you, you know, you see the takeoff, you see them doing all the preparations, you see the pilot being frustrated with late passengers, uh, and like you, see they're yelling all the technical terms, and then they're in the air, and then all of a sudden they they see a, well, no, they try to get into the cockpit first, uh, like you, like uh, I thought that also did a really a really good job of like providing that screen. So you know what's happening on the on the outside of the cockpit, mm-hmm. and that's what like uh, Joseph Gordon Levitt's character kept focusing on that screen to see what was going on. And then once we get there, you know, that's, that's when it really gets intense because you have like these terrorists who are trying to get inside, and one did get inside, but he was able to fight one off and like hit them unconscious. And then at that point, you're like, well, fuck. So you have an unconscious person, you you lock the cockpit, and your pilot is now in danger. Like we're well, not danger but like he got cut pretty bad and he's actively dying and you got bruised up yourself and so like he's finding tape bandaging himself up uh you have you know eventually the 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 pilot died and you, it's just like it's just very intriguing to see all of this happening in real time and so it really just it's just a, a testament of how good of an actor he is to kind of pull this off and sell you on this environment when all around you is it's a very small space so it's really up to him to sell everything that's happening
1: yeah i mean what's really interesting about that um the way they use that monitor shot where they show like the cockpit like the 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 door to the cockpit you know like that one scene where she's setting up like bringing taking his order and they're kind of talking through the door and you see the curtain moving back like that whole that whole tense buildup like you notice she closes the curtain and you notice that there was a foot there and then she closes the curtain again and then she gets in the way and when she moves out of the way like the foot is like fully there and right. you can tell like oh shit they're, they're waiting for the right moment like some shit's about to go down like the way they built the tension was really really well i think it was really well done another thing that really stuck out to me is um the first when you see the first passenger there's obviously the, the when the first passenger comes up and gets killed like You know, they're telling him, you know, you know, you can't open the cockpit door like right before that person gets killed. He shuts the monitor off. Yes. So he actually doesn't watch it. But then when it's his wife later in the film, he actually watches her. He watches her die. Yeah. Just interesting to see the like where he where his character was mentally like deciding to not watch. But because it was the woman that he loved, he's like, I can't like if I have to do this. Then I ha- I I need to be man enough to watch her die, and when yeah. she's telling him don't open the door because obviously once you open the door then it's game over for everybody. I mean really really consider that like yeah having to deal with a pilot having to deal with that emotionally like like of course like what what if you were faced with the decision of saving your wife. Pot, well, obviously, she would have died anyway. They all would have died anyway. So, like, you really don't have a choice.
0: You don't. Because it's either
1: she died, she possibly lives for a couple extra seconds, and then we all die, or she dies and possibly everybody lives.
0: It's it, it's a really hard moral question. I feel like that's, like, where the meat of the movie is. Like, Correct. you really get the, the, the stress. You really understand where he is at this moment. Because before that, he was just... You know, somebody tried to come in. He banded himself up. He's talking with people over at the tower saying, hey, we've been hijacked right now. I have full control of the plane. What's the next steps? And so, like, you see this happening. And then I felt like this is where he made a wrong mistake because he was hearing like all the they just, it was constant banging. And like it's just constant banging on the door to try to open it, like try, like the terrorists are trying to open the cockpit. And then he made uh, like an announcement over the the uh, to the plane like hello this is your co-captain just let you know we are we are currently being hijacked i have full control of the plane and people are on their way and then as soon as he said that that's when they started getting hostages and started killing them and that's where i'm like maybe you shouldn't have said that over the intercom because that's what kind of fueled them to even get more i guess more angry like you know this guy but i mean like
1: what would you do like your face i don't know listen like listen Shit is real. We're all, like, we're about to die. Like, we're, right now, we all could die, literally right now. Yeah. Because he tells them, he, like, he, like, almost has, like, that revolution speech with them. He's like, listen, they only have glass. You guys can take them. Like, we can take our plane back. Like, I need your help. Right. Like, it's, it's, it's us versus them. There's more of you than there are of them.
0: Yeah, it it's, they, again, like, they really did a good job of, like, giving you those more questions. Of like, what do you do? And I and I felt like, you know, going back to his wife, like I, I, I like that his wife was second, because if there was first, then like they showcased they first took a hostage. We did not know. So if they for us as an audience and it's hard, and, you know, it's kind of bad to say this, but it's technically what it is. It was like, here is just a casualty and, and there's only one person died and we didn't know this person, but it was hard for him to make that choice of not opening the door to save that one person. He knew this was big, right? And so then they took it up a notch, then the next level, like, here's somebody that you know, somebody you know that he loves, now what do you do? So like, an, as an audience, you're, you're, you're kind of in, in anticipation, what is he going to do, slash, you know, what is, what is, what's gonna happen next for the story? And, you know, he makes the hard choice of just, you know, I'm sorry, and then she's like, don't open that door, take care of our kid, you know, and you know that he's gonna kill because he's already done it with the first hostage. So he's not afraid to kill somebody, and so you know her life is in true danger at that moment. And ultimately, he ends up killing her, and it's just heartbreaking to see that. But you know that that was the right thing to do, but also it's it's hard to like accept that because you can only imagine like what he has to deal with for the rest of his life. Yeah, I mean, the right thing isn't always the easiest thing. Right. And they definitely did a really good job of showcasing that. And then that's when he was like, "There's more." Like he, he, he's like, "Hey, there's a woman up here about to die. You guys can overtake him. We can do this. You know, I'm doing my job by not opening this door and keeping this plane afoot, right? You know, you guys got to do your part here, or else we're, we're all dead." And go ahead. No, I was gonna say
1: another thing, like kind of leading up towards the end of the film, like you know. The one guy, he rushes in and he he kills the main pilot. He stabs Joseph gordon let him, in in the arm. Joseph gordon let him, knocks him unconscious. He ties his hand behind his back. Ties him to the chair. So this guy, he's like, all right, he's out for like the first half of the movie. Right. So after so after his wife dies, you know, we're getting close to um the the airport that they're being rerouted. They're being rerouted to, and then Homeboy wakes up. <laughs> you know and right. then it causes then they fight and they struggle he knocks him unconscious and then he lets the uh one of the other um captors inside the one the, the youngest one the right. one who's who who they kind of plotted in the beginning of the movie that he would be afraid that he's kind of very he's a little timid obviously because you know they're about to as you find out once the hijacker retakes over the cockpit you know that they're in it to it's a suicide mission that right there is there there is no there is no escaping from this like now he's just gonna crash it into some known structure and cause a bunch of chaos and destruction so you know then it leads into that and then the you know the younger guy obviously doesn't want to die so he kills him joseph gordon-levin takes back some control of the plane but then like as you think the film's gonna end then it builds into this crazy awkward tent not like awkward shot like as an awkward tension between him and this other hijacker because he's like because they're like kind of helping each other but then also joseph gordon levin is still afraid for his life because this this kid is scared but he's also holding this massive shard of glass that he can easily just kill him like he just killed the other guy with right so yeah you know he's got to like fucking he's got to help him land the plane you know and then that was and then that was an i think that was really cool to see like You know, and I don't I'm I can't speak to the accuracy of like all the lingo of all of all that, but I do know seventy five hundred is apparently the code for a hijacking on a plane. Like Mm -hmm. uh, um so it was just interesting to see, you know, he's like telling him to throttle and he's like trying to give him instruction and you can see like like he's like yelling at him. I was like, I don't know if I would
0: yell at somebody (laughs) who's about to stab me. (laughs) Right. But the main through line there was like the the youngest captor ends up killing one of his partners because he didn't want to die. He's like, I don't want to, I don't want to, this is not a suicide mission for me. I changed my mind. So I'm going to kill my partner so we can safely land it. So I'm not dead, but here, but here's the thing though, but he is still the problem. Him being there is definitely a problem. So like he didn't want to die and they safely land the plane and now he's freaking out. And that was a part of the movie where I'm not sure if I 100% enjoyed because I'm not saying that there was any redemption for that character, but also like I felt like it maybe dragged a little bit for me.
1: I was going to I was literally about to tell you the exact same thing. So I think like to me, this is where the movie like maybe it's I wouldn't even say it's bad, but it's not as strong as the beginning of the film at all. Mm -hmm. Like, you know, like the whole leading up to him, like you just killed him at the end. But I guess like you know how else, how else were they how else were they supposed to end it like you think he's going to you think that kid's going to walk out of there alive like maybe right. arrested maybe him being arrested would have been too much of a picture perfect story you know they got him to open the window i was like they they if he opens that window they more than likely have a sniper on that window waiting for a clear shot
0: right right but it was also interesting to see that again we're still on the perspective of the cockpit we we as the audience have never left the cockpit once we are entered in there and so so like we can only assume that the person who was killing the hostages actually died by the hands of the passengers Correct. because we never we never seen him. We never heard or saw him again in the rest of the movie. So we can assume that they overtook him and the rest of the time that George Joseph Gordon-Levitt was dealing with the third and final uh, captor everyone on the plane was kind of bracing themselves for this exit. And then, like, we we heard, like, the the passengers were all dispersed. You know, they, they were able to get off the plane through the emergency exits. And so, obviously, the clear focus was now the last two people on this plane and with the pilot and the captor. And then, yeah, like I was saying, I felt like it kind of dragged a little bit because I wasn't sure exactly what they were trying to do because you – I guess I'm not sure if the movie was trying to feel like trying to make you feel sorry for the, the captor. He's like, I don't want to do this. I'm like 18 years old. I didn't, you know, I wasn't, uh, I don't really want to do this anymore. And like, at that point, like, you're right. What, where do you go from there? And I felt like the movie was trying to figure that out until they just ev- inevitably, inevitably just found a clear shot, shot him, he died.
1: I mean, and a lot of it could have been that, like, I mean, right, like the moments leading up to that point, he was like, in, like, super panic mode. He was panicking. Yeah. You know, he had already saw uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt had stashed away a shard of glass in case he had it to fight him back. So he was already on edge from that. And then he started freaking out towards the window. And then, you know, it was over from that. But you can almost tell, like, Joseph Gordon-Levitt, like, he felt like he felt sorry for him.
0: He did, a little
1: bit. I think it's because, like, I think as at a certain point, like, you know, teaching somebody how to work – flight equipment i'm sure that's not easy like right <laughs> so at, at some point if he taught him that they obviously established some sort of connection together mm-hmm. you know so i could tell you know at the end it really showed that he felt like he, obviously he was glad to be alive because he could have died but at the same token he was also um you know sad that he had to watch this young kid be sniped right was sniped right in front of him like right i mean he, he witnessed a lot of he watched his wife get killed he watched those he watched his captain get stabbed to death and then bleed out you know then then that captor you know the other guy kill him like and then he watched that guy get sniped by the police like yeah man that's that's got to be a, a rough a rough that is the definition of a rough day at work
0: yeah, oh yeah <laughs> you're telling me <laughs> yeah that 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 is a rough day I, yeah i I've, I don't know if I, I felt like maybe the, the last 30 minutes of that movie or maybe the last 20 minutes or so, whenever that, you know, we were pretty much right after the plane landed. It was where I was like, where are we going from here? And I mean, it did it did create tension. I'm not sure if if, if Joseph Gordon-Levitt actually felt sorry for him, but obviously there was some sort of uh I wouldn't say compassion, but like understanding like, hey, dude, I can tell you're in a rough spot. But at the same time. You're still holding that shard of glass and my life oh, is course. still in danger. Yeah. So like I, I'm not sure how much I feel sorry for you, but I can tell you're in a rough spot and I don't know how you are get out of here, but please don't kill me. <laughs> and I don't know if there was a situation that that the captor would have walked out of there alive, even if he was able to walk out of the plane. All he kept saying was, I need you to go back in the air. I need you to refill this plane and get back in the air. And like obviously he did not have a plan. He just yeah, wanted to I- get out of the situation. And then at the very end of the movie, they, you know, they snipe him. And then the the I guess whoever the, the police force or SWAT or whoever, the FBI, whoever's in charge of it, you know, came rushing the rushing the plane, you know banging on the cockpit door. He opens up the door and they're like trying to secure him out of the plane. And right before he leaves, he sees his dead wife on the ground. Yeah. He and he stops and stares at her. Right. And then the guy's like, You got to move. And he's like, No, no. That's like, I'm not moving. Don't rush me, bitch. That's my wife. <laughs> that's my, yeah, exactly. And then, like, they rush out. And then the movie kind of ends very, like, abruptly because like, you hear a cell phone ringing right before it cuts the block. And that's that phone is, is assuming the mother of the youngest captor because they had a, a, a phone call before all that transpired. So, like, a, a mother probably watching TV being like, Boy, is that you up there? What yeah. are you doing? Don't tell me that's you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And so, like, yeah, so, like, you see, you, you hear the cell phone ring, and then it just cuts to black instantly. And that was, like, in a very, like, kind of, like, I don't know, abrupt ending or, like, a shocking, not a really shocking ending, but, like, like the movie's over. This, this is where we're ending it, ending where we started off, the cockpit. That that was the whole point of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, 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 I enjoyed it. I think it suffered a little bit toward the end. Because I I, did, I just personally didn't feel like I didn't know where we were going. And we had such a strong start of it really being like a thriller, edgier seat like kind of where the action was. And then it kind of took a small like dip down to where the movie was ending. I almost would have appreciated if that – I mean I, I guess if that was maybe cut by t- 10 minutes, then I think it would have been a stronger ending if that didn't last for a little bit longer than it did.
1: I mean it barely hit the 90-minute mark. It was, it was I just... know just oh just over an hour and a half i i didn't have i didn't it didn't bother me as much because i, I at a certain point i was like well this is only going to really end one or two ways so right, yeah. <laughs> this, this so story cool. this story is only going to end a couple of different ways so it's just a matter of which path we were going down so because I, I, I wasn't more or less like i knew i was like that kid's he's obviously going to die like right here, yeah it's
0: you know it's, I, I do. It's, it's it's a hard watch. I mean, it was it, some of it was a hard watch. I mean, some people might not be able to to take the level of you know intensity intensity that this movie has. I mean, um, don't
1: get me wrong. I didn't. I don't like. I feel bad that he had to die, but I mean, I, you also shouldn't hijack a plane. So right. Yeah. No.
0: Exactly. Yeah. definitely <laughs> some understanding there. Uh, but you, I mean, obviously, you're you're rooting for Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character the whole way through. Of course. Through. Like you want him yeah. to live. Yeah. Yeah. Um another movie just to recommend you know another movie that's kind of like that um which we talked about a few weeks ago Ernesto is buried with Ryan Reynolds oh, okay. That's right that's right and it's it's has a not not the, not the premise of a of a plane but the idea of your movie has one main actor in it and you are relying on the actor the acting abilities of this this actor and the environment that he's in and he's secluded in one spot and that movie uh, is buried where Ryan Reynolds is stuck underground in some sort of coffin or, uh, or, you know, in some sort of box and, and all he has is a cell phone and he's trying to connect to people to try to get himself out of it. And it's, that movie is really intense. And again, it just shows, just goes to show that you don't need a big budget film to get your attention. You don't need all the flashing lights, to get your attention to be a movie, to be intriguing. All you I mean, it really just boils down to an actor that can really sell the scene and a very clever environment. And how many different things can you put in your environment to make it interesting? Um, speaking of buried Ernesto, uh, you know, and talking about the news, news stuff coming to streaming. If you go to Hulu, buried just got to Hulu as of today, July 1st. So there you go. If you have that itch to see, Another movie like that, you can go catch Buried on Hulu right now. Maybe I could finally watch it. There you go. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, I, I think like these movies just like – I feel like it's it could be a hit or miss because, it, again, it really it relies on certain aspects for all of this to work. But I find these are really like really good experiment, experimental projects because as a filmmaker, you can showcase your skills. Like how can you tell the story in one area for 90 minutes? And then it's also good for the actor. because like, how can I act the shit out of 90 minutes? Because it's all you, <laughs> not much anyone else to go off of. So I really enjoy these movies. I honestly would prefer Buried over 1700. But for the most part, it was definitely an intense ride for, I would say, 70 out of the 90 minutes of this movie.
1: Okay. I I thoroughly, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I just, I felt like the ending was a little flat. I just, I didn't, I guess I didn't hate it as much as you did.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not saying that I hated it. I just kind of wish that it didn't link not You just didn't enjoy it. <laughs> <laughs> just I didn't enjoy it as much as maybe you did. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, I mean, it definitely... It had a beginning and a middle and an end, and that, that's good. So you know, And it ended... Uh, not the highest of note, but it, overall, it was still, like, a good movie. It definitely was not bad whatsoever. I still enjoyed it. Uh, anything else left to say about Ernesto? No, that's all I got. Yeah, and that means... That all we have—that's all we got for the show for yeah. this week. That's and it's, it was a jam-packed show. If I'm not, you know, we got some news, we got some new streaming, what you watching. we got some reviews in there. It was you I you got, got a lot of shit today. <laughs> Talked about a lot of shit today. Um, and before we leave, a little bit of a programming note, Ernesto, you got a baby coming up. I do. Yeah. I do. You got you got a little baby boy on the way, just mere days away. That, that's about to be here. And so with that, you know. You know, Ernesto and I talked it over. Uh, I think the best course of action, you know, to spend time with his, with, with the baby, you know. Obviously. Uh, yes, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> um, so for for the next uh, few weeks, we are, are deciding to take a pause on these recordings so Ernesto can spend time with his family and his newborn uh, baby boy that's coming very soon. But with that, we're not leaving you hanging. The no. normal format is going to be away for a couple of weeks, but what will we still got content for you? If you do follow us on our Instagram page at box office underscore bingers, uh, you would see that we kind of tease it a little bit on our Insta stories. But in the next few weeks, you, we've, we've been working pretty hard on these Ernesto to get content out on a weekly basis. We did, uh, we've been doing extra recordings, some extra work. On our part, so we so we can have this kind of a of a pause period, but coming soon, probably the, in the next week, you guys are hearing uh, from us. You'll be hearing uh, what we're doing is called a creator spotlight. Got and two of them coming up for got you. Got two of them coming up, and we we picked up in this case we picked a director but it, but in the future if we do these more we can pick any creator but in right now we focus on a director and we kind of just talk about his line of work we we kind of hone in on three of this person's films and we talk about it in length and then kind of give you what how he got to be a director as well as what is this director doing in the future and so it's it's a nice uh, uh you know i'm i'm pretty proud of what we were able to do and it was also really fun to yeah, do Yeah, it was these. a lot of fun it was a lot of fun to, to get these. So you guys can expect that the first one we're putting out, we're following the work of Ryan Coogler. You guys would know him from Black Panther, Creed, and Fruitville Station. Uh, his line of work is very interesting. So you can look forward to that. And also, with when you know, as as we all know, if you haven't known this from listening to us from now, we love Tenet. We're so looking yeah. forward to this movie. And therefore we the man behind Tenet, Christopher Nolan. So we take a deep dive into his career yeah. and talk about a couple of his movies. Just
1: taking a, a couple of films out of his massive library of films that he's
0: made. <laughs> exactly. So we're not leaving you hanging. We're just taking a pause. But we still got plenty of good content on the way. And you guys can look forward to that for the couple of weeks. But when we do return, we'll come back in normal fashion. And we're going to have more guests on the show. And it's going to be like we never left. Exactly. And so Ernesto... Enjoy your newborn when he finally arrives. Enjoy the time you spent with your family. And I'm sure it's going to be a great moment for all of you when it finally happens. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. And
1: for you guys, just make sure you follow us on Instagram at box office underscore bingers. Yes. (laughs) Box
0: office underscore bingers. (laughs) That is correct. That's where you're going to get all the latest information. Like when you're done listening to this podcast, you want more? Like, man, I really love this box office bingers they got going on. Go to our Instagram page. We have a a plethora of more content on there. You get. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's hard to use big words sometimes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You got your news. You have your new to streaming like we were teasing earlier. Every almost every day we have new content on Mondays. We have movie showdown Mondays on Wednesdays. We recognize the music behind the movie. On Fridays, we let you know what's coming up. On Sundays, we'll give you the top 10 on Netflix. It's all there on our Instagram page. And where is it, Ernesto? I almost forgot what it was. Box office underscore ventures. There you <laughs> go. That's where you can find all that stuff. And for that, I've been your host, Matt Diaz. i been Ernesto Santos.
1: Until next time.